and then counting down from five, and you follow me at three. Yeah. Five, four, three, three two, two, one. one. Now, now we're all synced up. Hello and welcome to the new and unimproved <laughs> Parapod. We're back. We're in. We're, we're, back. Li- we're literally in the pods this time. It's pretty we're crazy. In separate pods. Uh, lockdown has struck, and <laughs> Mark is not here with me. We're talking through Zoom. Yes. Two separate mics. We're communicating weird. telepathically. We're through the screen. We are talking to each other. Yes. Talking Our about icons. These are separate. Yes, we've Mark been. Mark is now a figment on my screen. We've been subsumed into the virtual reality of uh, of the screen. It's pretty intense. Things are getting pretty powerful here, uh, but it's great to be here all the same. It's all great to be here. It's something to do. Absolutely, yeah, it's something to do. Something to do <laughs> for the next six <laughs> weeks. God. I hope that we're not doing this for six weeks. I hope there's like we could do something. Now. We'll figure <laughs> something out. Uh, have you been now since like, lockdown started and all? Ah, uh, grand. Struggling. I'm doing fine. Things really haven't really changed around here. No, uh, everything's pretty much the same yeah I don't like lockdown but it has to be done you can't argue with that stuff you know I'm not an anti-mask guy I believe in all no. that stuff I'm here I'm here I'm here I'm here to save you know we're all doing our part trying to save the, the old people yeah yeah <laughs> I'm doing this for you grandma yeah that's what it's all about oh how are you getting on oh great literally nothing's changed the only yeah. difference now is that I can't go to the gym and you know what that's all right. I can, I can, I can manage without that. Mm, who needs a gym? Who needs like, a gym? Wh- what do people biceps get- are bulging? Asking for. <laughs> <laughs> They're starving. Well, I don't, I don't understand. I'm not a gym guy, obviously, but mm. I don't understand why people uh, get so upset about that. Because like, it's it's free to exercise. You can go running. You can you can make weights yourself. It's like what yeah. what's the aspect of the gym? It's just more convenient. Well, what what do you think? I think it's like the convenience, and it's like. The routine, because like for me anyway, like I had a, I had, I had a banging routine, right? I would mm. wake up at like between seven and eight, and the like in the morning, I'd get up, I'd have breakfast, I'd, uh, I'd come upstairs, I'd read for like an hour, an hour and a half, and then I had like half an hour, an hour to like fuck about, and I would do like I'd work on the podcast, I'd like do some other shit, whatever, and then at a certain time off to the gym, then I come back home. And like it's just good, and it's also the convenience. Like mm. I, personally, I fucking hate running. I hate running. <laughs> I despise it. Yeah. And like making your own weights and stuff like that can be like pretty expensive. Um. So I guess it's it is like I'm pissed off about the gyms because it's like why can some people like sports teams are st- like gas yeah, sports teams are still going ahead. Yeah, I don't get that. It's like well, like, the guy the guy has to do what they want. They they rule this country. We have to remember that. You know, we live under their shoes, under their boots, their pumas. Yeah, their their shoes. <laughs> the only thing that this has really shown to me is that fucking obviously, like the gym, like uh, lobbyists in Ireland aren't lobbying hard enough. They need to be lobbying harder. <laughs> they need to get on the fucking treadmill and start. Uh, they need to start bulking up because they're not doing enough lobbying. Mm. To be honest, they're very weak. No, they're weak. They're a weak lobby. You group. know. So besides all that, Mark, what have you been uh, watching this week? What have I been watching? Uh, I'm watching a few things, a few strange things. I watched the uh, Danton or Danton, as it's pronounced in French. What, what the fuck? Uh, is ever that? heard of that? No. It's this film about uh, the French revolutionary Georges Danton. Uh, he was killed by Robespierre in the uh, Reign of Terror. Do you know that? 
whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I know the story. I know the French Revolution, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was, uh, I'm woke. Yeah, everyone knows the story, bro. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Danton got fucked up by Robespierre. And there's this film from the 80s. It's all in French. I was, felt very cultured watching it. All in subtitles. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's basically hit the story of, uh, of how he gets fucked up. But then Robespierre fell two months later. So it's also like about corruption. And, uh, you know, what happens when you go mad with power? It was produced by, like, uh, uh, partly by the French government. Uh, the Socialist Party was in power in the 80s, and they were uh, funding it as part of the, the 200th anniversary of the revolution. But, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but when they screened it, they were, like, they were fuming because it's more of a story of, like, pity power politics, and uh, it's sort of... It, it, it's it, not what they want. It gives a really bad impression of the main figures involved, like... Uh, Robespierre and like Saint-Just and like even Danton himself is not really likable um, right. yeah <laughs> so it's hard it's hard to root for a lot of people in this movie but it, it was um, the thing that they did is half the cast or all of uh, Robespierre and his allies were Polish actors and uh, all right. of Danton and his allies were French actors and the the director was Polish and he was relating it uh, personally to the struggle of the Polish sort of trade union movement in the 80s, like against the USSR. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so Robespierre is sort of like a like a Soviet figure. He's like uh, doing things for the public good, but he's misguided and he's like, he's corrupted. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Danton's like a, a man of the people, but he's still sort of like, he's more of a loose cannon than anything else. He's not, he's not really guided towards anything. That's uh, that's very interesting. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. So I think it was Francois Mitterrand, uh, the French prime minister saw, or the French president. He saw it and he hated it because uh, <laughs> it, it basically just says like, oh, like the, the revolution was betrayed. The revolution was. Uh, Robespierre even denounces it in the last scene of the movie. He's like, the revolution is lost, and then he's about he's like dying. He's on like his deathbed. It's a very pessim. It's a pretty depressing movie, really. Yeah, it sounds it. What the fuck? But it, it's well, it's really well done. It has like this really cool motif where um, uh, every time something weird, something sort of dramatic is happening, to have this like sort of rising chorus of like of voices. It's like mm. oh, you know that. Um, it's like it's like our thing at the start of the podcast. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. supposed to be like the sound of um, it's like horrified sound of the mob. Really, it's like people sort of yelling oh. out crying that out that sounds fucking cool yeah it's really really it's like haunting you know but it's not yeah, a, yeah. it's not a horror film obviously it's, it's just like a his, it's just a horrifying sound yeah it's just a historical drama but it uses I suppose the, the sounds of the terror the sounds of horror really that are involved of, in with revolution and that, yeah. that whole milieu but it was a really good movie I would recommend absolutely it's a it's on YouTube I think for free so when uh, this came out in the eighties, did you say yeah? Yeah, eighty three. Yeah. And is there anyone that we know in it, or like who directed it or anything? Uh, no, no, don't think so. They're all just like how Polish you, and French actors. How did you find this film? Uh, Carl watched it in French in his uh <laughs> in college, so he's telling me about <coughs> it. Fair. So I had to have a look. That's an interesting That's period, you know. It's very, very interesting period. You know. What the French Revolution or the eighties? <laughs> Both. Both. Yeah. Both. <laughs> yeah. The French Revolution's uh, a very interesting time. Mm. Do you ever think, like, um, you know the way that, like, people talk about now how, like, oh, like, the wealth gap is, like, as worse as it has ever been since, like, the French Revolution? Yeah. 
I think that that uh, that comparison is like fucking moronic. <laughs> Why? What's 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 because, moronic about it? Because the difference is that like it's like you know that like that uh, if we have the soma effect now, right? Mm. So we're not starving. We're like just happy enough to where, you know, what's a couple of billionaires who like you know can do whatever they want. You know what I mean? And like mm. like the government, you know, fucking us over or whatever. Like it's fine, you know. The va- like the majority of people aren't starving, so it's fine. Yeah. Same with the homeless stuff as well. Like most people do have a home, so you know that like what is it, eleven thousand homeless families in Ireland or some shit. Yeah. Like, you know, that doesn't really matter because like, <laughs> the majority of people. Jeez, that's horrible, like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> that's thing to say. say. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for the guillotine. Guillotine, yeah, all. guillotine. Yeah, them all. yeah, get them all out. But like, I know what you mean, definitely, because. Uh, like back then they had nothing they had no phones they had nothing really to focus on they're like I'm hungry and like what are we gonna do about it like that's yeah what that's, are you gonna do let's start you know messing people up um, but you even see it in like the fact that these characters uh, the fact that the director p- portrayed these things so differently to what the French government expected the fact that you can sort of interpret things basically any way you want from that period because there's no concrete mm-hmm. like sort of record or like uh, yeah, no, co- like a uh, collection of evidence, like someone like Robespierre. Yeah, we know pretty much nothing about him, really. Just like sort of yeah, his yeah, rough yeah. biography and like uh, some of his speeches that he gave in the convention, but you wouldn't know like his personal or his inner thoughts or like you, there's no pictures of he him. He wouldn't have his Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't tweet, he doesn't have any uh, he doesn't do any r- riffing like Donald Trump, you know. Uh, yeah, so things were very different. It was all very focused on one thing, I suppose, and that that's how it all burst out. Whereas today, everything's mm. sort of scattered and like diffused across all these different media and uh yeah you know mental landscapes yeah 100 percent. especially yeah it is that like that fucking um like the splitting of like personalities nearly because especially like back then you know like with like uh, king louis and stuff like that you like if you were a peasant you didn't know king louis mm. whereas now you can have king louis fucking twitter account and you can see everything you can start to feel like you know the person yeah yeah and you can start to feel sympathy for those that are fucking like oppressing you yeah yeah it's like oh they cut yeah. his head off that's bad out you know that's whereas, bad out yeah imagine like <laughs> all these like fucking libertarians or liberals or whatever be like oh no don't cut his head off yeah exactly yeah they wouldn't they would not like it they'd be like that's mean and they've, I mean, they have yeah, a good like, point but like back then there's like this disconnection where you know, the peasant in, like, I don't know, Bordeaux would hear about, oh, they, they cut off Lu- King Louis' head. They'd be like, oh, that's gas. And just, like, go about, like, who's just, that? just go on with their day because, like, they've no connect- they don't see him and they have no connection to it uh, immediately. They don't fucking care. Right? Yeah, they don't care. They have their own life to, to carry on with. Whereas today, no like... fish to fry. Yeah, whereas today, our, like, our immediate life is uh, intimately connected with what we see around us, which is, there's no uh, limit of distance there, you know? You can compress yeah, it's all that. Everything's compressed into a a global village, some might say. In a in a timeless, spaceless mm. vacuum area. Yeah, a hellscape, yeah. a dystopian a hellscape. hellscape in which we all live, in which we all care for King Louis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God bless. God bless. God bless you, King Louis. God bless. <laughs> Wherever you may lie. <laughs> oh, he's fucked up. He's fucked up. Yeah. Oh, what are you, What are you watching? Yeah. Um, I watched uh, Persona last night. Nice. Um, uh, have you ever seen it? Tarkovsky, is it? Or is that a... No, it's Bergman. Uh, Berg, Bergman. Bergman, yeah. Have you ever seen it? It's on movie, is it? It's on uh, Italian movie. Okay, okay. That's where I watch it anyway. Um, What's it about? I 
it's about a woman. It's about it, right? So it's about these two women, right? One is an actor who uh, she was on stage, and then she just like stopped saying her lines for a second. She like like zoned out, and then she looked at like her cast members, and she's just like, "Oh, sorry." And then she has not talked since then. Like she just stopped talking. And then the other woman is a nurse who's like caring for her and like you know trying to figure out like what's wrong with her and stuff like that and ultimately like they've like decided at the hospital like there's nothing physically or mentally wrong with her she's just stopped talking and i don't know whether or not to full i'll go into the film a bit because i i i think this is a film that i want to recommend at some point because this film is incredibly interesting it is um there's so many bits like this this whole stuff about like you know, like obviously personas and like you know identity and the roles, the different uh, identities that we have in front of people, and the whole kind of idea is that like, um, uh, what's her name? Is Elizabeth? I think is her name. The actor. She's like refused to be a role for any. Like she's refused to have like you know different identities. So she just stops talking. She's now a blank slate, basically. And what starts to happen is um. The other girl, her name is fucking... What's her name? Like fucking Yzma or something? Yzma. It's <laughs> something like that. How is it? What's her name? Um, Her name is... Oh, Alma. Yeah, Alma is the nurse. And like... It's kind of like... Alma starts projecting her personality onto uh, Elizabeth. Because, you know, Elizabeth is literally a blank slate. But also, Elizabeth starts to project her identity onto Alma and the two slowly begin to like merge into like one being Mm. and it's like there's a lot of questions about like whether or not they were really two different people this like all all along were they always the same person a lot of shit like that but it's a really interesting film like there's like there's so many like it's it's incredibly shot but like the camera techniques in the film are mental like there's like a lot of like those um merging like the fate their faces will literally like merge into one and obviously this is done on film mm. so it's really like i don't know how they did it there's some shots i'm like i don't know how they fucking did it uh and also like the film draws attention to the fact that it's a film like the opening shot of the film is a film reel getting all distorted and fucked up mm. so it's like immediately the medium is fucked up like the, the identities the personalities are all fucked up from the very beginning mm. well w- when was this released yeah it's 1966 yeah, it is, yeah. 66 nice great year i've never um i never watched any of it this is the first like bergman film i've seen but uh i definitely want to check out more of his shit it's really fucking cool it's a cool film mm, he's he's big he's a he's like tarkovsky he's in like that that gallery of a uh, of yeah. saints, you know, of of cinematic saints. Yeah, I don't. I don't. After seeing this film, you, I can see why. Like, it's a, it's it kind of reminds me of like a more. It's kind of Lynchian. Mm. In fact, I'm pretty sure um, Mulholland Drive is kind of like a Persona. Mm. But I haven't seen Mulholland Drive, but I've, I'm I'm pretty. I've heard like things about it. It's about like identity and stuff like that. So I assume it's like it's probably like influenced by this. Um, but like. It's just a fucking weird film. It's it's a weird film. There's like there's a bit where Alma is talking about like being down at a beach and having this orgy and it's really weird. <laughs> what? And I was like 
and I was just like, holy shit, are these two like gonna start fucking? I was, I was so, I was, I was like, am I gonna start watching another lesbian? Fingers crossed, am I watching another lesbian film here? Uh, trapped again. But no, they did. They, they don't. didn't. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. But uh, it's um, yeah. And there's like a lot of lines in the film that's just like, I don't want to be you. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to be who you want me to be. And like the idea of like um, playing a role in front of people, like Alma or not Alma. Uh, Elizabeth gets a photo of her of her son. And she rips it because it's like she's refusing to be the role of a mother now. Mm. And she's refusing to be the husband. And there's just loads of shit like that. And like she's refu- and like the fact that like she's an actor. like you- mm. She's always playing a role. Yeah. We're all actors, man. We're all actors. Yeah. We all have a persona. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an interesting film, though. Definitely. We'll have to, we should, we'll have, to have a look at it. touch on that. Yeah. I think uh, I might recommend it at some point. Actually... Last week, <laughs> for the listeners, you may have been able to tell, last week's uh, other guy's recommendation kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't know I was going to recommend. Uh, I already watched I have, like, it. No, no, no. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to yeah, watch yeah. it this, uh, this week. We're going to talk about that. Um, Great movie. Because, you know, you know, lockdown, bit sad. We've got a question later on about, like, you know, films to watch around this time. Mm. So, you know, it's nice to have a break from, you know... From rape movies and stuff. And, you know, torture and, you know, what does it mean to be human? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we need need a laugh. We need, like, some... Need a good laugh. You know, yeah, yeah, some Will Ferrell movie. You can't go wrong. And other guys, just... Great movie. Great film. But, yeah. And there's more... And obviously, there's stuff to talk about within the film as well. Mm. But, um, interesting, though. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have a look at Persona when things yeah. uh, brighten up, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I actually I made out like I have a list of like things and I came up with like themes for like episodes like I have like oh shit about like eight I've got like eight recommendations so I got fucking eight months worth of recommendations (laughs) I'm all sorted that's what we want yeah I I, I had like a similar sort of uh, thing as you I I I came across this film that like I'd probably want to look at in the future but it's like I actually haven't seen it. I've only seen part of it because it's five hours long. It's called... Uh, it's Napoleon. It was following on from the whole French Revolution buzz I was on. It's this film okay. from uh, 1927 called Napoleon. And it's uh, yeah, it's five hours long. It's by this guy called... 1927. It's from 1927. But that that's the thing. It's like, you know, ba- Battle of Potemkin. It's like yeah. you watch it and it's like, this could be on... If you put some color on this, you could you could could this could be a completely modern picture, you know? Oh, yeah. It's like this. If you watch Battleship... Uh Pontank and whatever whatever you pronounce it no well we've, we've seen bits of it haven't we about half yeah, an hour yeah the steps of Odessa yeah, yeah um, but um, no, this one's five hours long and it's like but the things it does with the medium itself is just absolutely insane it's like uh, this guy Abel Gantz was the director and he's like one of like the last romantic I suppose of cinema like he had this idea mm-hmm. to uh, he wanted to invoke uh, feelings of sublimity like the sublime uh, in, yeah. in the audience he wanted the audience to sing along and like when, when there's like music playing and like to react with horror when something horrible happened like he wanted them to be fully involved in the picture he wanted yeah, the yeah, screen yeah. to be as big as possible he used camera angles uh, that were just like hadn't been done like it's like a lot of like really tight shots and like fading between faces and like blurring the lines of uh, of identity and trying to convey emotion in really dynamic ways he, he, he stuck a uh, a camera onto a pendulum to like uh, convey like how the terror was swinging back and forth, like the political. What? Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. He stuck a uh, a camera on horseback for a battle scene, 
Uh, it's like all this weird stuff, and like each section, like it starts off in black and white, but each section is tinted in a different color. So it's in like I don't know how many sections it is, but um, uh, each section is tinted in a, a different way to like signify a different part of Napoleon's life, and uh, it ends in this crazy uh, finale where the it's like it's conventional aspect ratio at the start, but the finale yeah. it, it turns into triple widescreen. There's three different images. And they're all in like the red, white, and blue of a uh, of the French national flag, and Napoleon's face is in in the middle. It's like it's crazy. It looks amazing. Uh, I I love to watch it, but it is five hours long. We could do, maybe we can do like uh, an hour or like a part or whatever, and like go through each part. Yeah. Or like you know, yeah, maybe we could do that. Like it could be like you know, we we might not recommend people to watch this, but we ourselves could do like a move like a. Yeah, a f- like a, like a TV show or something like that. We'll we'll do a look at it definitely because it's it's a hugely influ- influential as well. It actually bombed. It ruined his career. It's one, another one of those. I am m- those I movies. Can imagine yeah. having a five hour long Napoleon <laughs> film to bomb your career. Yeah, but like especially because cinemas weren't built to display the finale. You know, they only have one screen. Yeah. And this guy was like, I need like triple projectors yeah, to do that. He's like, we need three screens, and they're like, why? But. uh it's, it's gonna happen, <laughs> yeah, that's just retarded. But it it looks amazing, even on YouTube. And uh, there's been like loads of different restorations done. I think there's a a, a free version on YouTube. Uh, the restoration by the British Film Institute is actually there on YouTube right now. I think it was only uploaded there a few days ago. I was watching part one there today. Uh, but it's it's incredible. Like it's I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know you could get that much sort of enjoyment out of a silent movie. You know, yeah, it's one of those yeah, things. Fucking yeah. Silent movies, like it depends on like, like what they're doing. Like, I imagine there's like there's, like I'm not very well versed in silent films, but I'm sure that there's a lot of them that I would enjoy if I found them. Um, what's that film called? Napoleon? What was it? Or who was it by? Napoleon, 1927. Uh, Abel Gantz, spelled Abel Gantz. He's one of the great romantics. Like, he's, there's a scene where they sing uh, La Marseillaise, like the French national anthem. This thing says part one and <clears throat> it's two hours long. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. that's the one I was watching. But the, there's a scene where they sing the French national anthem at the at the premiere. He uh, he handed out all the words to the, uh, the people in the audience. Like he planned for them to sing along, like as Napoleon, like you know, stands there oh, in the middle. You know, yeah, like yeah. he he wanted to. It wasn't like a worshiping thing. It's more like. He wanted people to feel like they're in, like literally in the image. Yeah. You know? That's fucking cool, yeah. Actually, I only just saw there as well, like fucking 1927 Metropolis Mm. came out that year. Yeah. Another highly influential, highly important uh, silent film, which I have seen and I do like. It's a good film. Mm. Bit simplistic with its, you know, with its message, but you know, it's still pretty good. Mm. Yeah, that's that's also the year the talkie started, which is... uh, Sort of why, which is one of the theories why Napoleon completely bombed, other than it being five hours long and being like triple widescreen. But because uh, like there's a massive sort of hysteria at the time about talkies, because if you, when you look back, it's sort of like how people get panicky over Netflix movies or internet movies these days. It's yeah. like oh, it's, it's not the same, or whatever. But like you look back on the old talkies, and they were they were all shit, like without exception, basically. Like they're just bad movies. And, yeah, um, they haven't like discovered like how to use the medium properly. Yeah, they're just it was just a gimmick. So Do you know like um I might have this completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure like one of the first things that were shown in the talkies was uh was like a band playing and music being played. 
and uh, they're like I don't know who like some guy whoever the fuck he, wherever the fuck he is he had like one of the first lines in a in a talkie film mm. and what he said was get ready for this because you're you're never you've never heard anything like this before oh shit and that's like one of the first lines said in a talkie it's something along those lines he's like talking to like, the audience he's talking to he's gonna like get ready for this you've never seen anything like this before y'all like, ready for we're this ta- we're, we're, get ready for this we're <laughs> fucking talking you've never heard someone talking before yeah yeah actually yeah <laughs> it's just a guy talking how come talkies like because they had music oh wait no music was played yeah like uh, Napoleon the original score for Napoleon is actually lost but they have multiple Francis Ford Coppola his, his follow up to Apocalypse Now was a restoration of Napoleon where they had their own score playing it's just some American mm. guy did it I can't remember his name and then the, the, yeah. the, the most recent British one is a, has a completely different guy doing a different score so it's like yeah, it's, it's not really crucial to the the, the text the I suppose film. yeah it's like uh, Metropolis has a has a score done by Queen, by the band Queen. By by the band Queen. Yeah. That sounds awful. Is it, is it Metropolis? I'm pretty sure it's Metropolis has that because mm. they don't have the original score for Metropolis either. But uh, it's mad how they lost all that stuff. Like how? You know? Yeah, surely someone somewhere has the fucking music <laughs> sheets. Like yeah. someone has a DVD. You know. Like, but that's what I was thinking. Like you know the way like because obviously they had the music playing, but like you know people. I guess it wasn't high enough quality the recording to like record, but like mm. no, yeah, sure, people sung in like music. So why the fuck could they not just have people talking? I don't know. They really let us down, anyway. Yeah, surely nineteen twenties is like you should have fucking you have film. Yeah. It's not that difficult to have fucking talkies. I don't know. I don't know the history of it, so I don't know. <laughs> fuck them, frauds, all them. Fuck them. All them frauds should have been talking from the start. They're fucking rap bastards. They never even talk. They just talk from the beginning. The Lumiere brothers, yeah, yeah, fools. We're doing it right now. Like, <laughs> it's not hard. We're doing it enough. We're recording on mics. People never talk to 1927. That's mad. You know what I think? Do you think it's true that thing where um, the like people dre- dreamt in black and white until color. That's bollocks. Absolute bollocks. That has to be bollocks. That doesn't make any sense. Pe- most people didn't see a movie until there was already color, color so movies, like, you know? Do, do people not dream until they saw films? <laughs> oh, that's pretty deep. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they they didn't. gave us the power to dream. That's a Disney fucking slogan or something. That fucking is. Films. Uh, the thing that gave you the ability to dream. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we should get paid for that. Or you should. Claim royalties no, on no, that No, 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 no. If it's on the... If, if we sell it on the PowerPod, <laughs> it's a collective copyright. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, like, that makes... I always thought... Because I remember hearing that before. I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And then thinking about it for like more than two seconds, I was like, that's complete bollocks. Yeah, that's like that's like saying people didn't see in color until until okay, color television was invented. Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with um. It's no, it doesn't make any sense. It's like when I'm fuck, because like, maybe it has something to do with, like the way that the image stays in your mind or something like that. Mm. But I was like, no, because I never dream about TV or anything like that. I dream about like scenarios I've been in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like you, like you just visually dr- represent them and stuff like that. Yeah, you dream in first person, you know. Everything's in yeah, color. Yeah. It's just like it's like real life, I suppose. Yeah, it, that, that's why it feels real. Surely, the, so does that mean people are lucid dreaming way more back when it was all black and white? Yeah, so, no, man. Shit, this is black and white now, so this is clearly a dream. Yeah, they're all on the DMT buzz. All on the DMT buzz and the LSD. Well, LSD wasn't even made at that stage, which mm. is crazy. I always forget that LSD wasn't a thing until the 1930s. Yeah, I saw something today. It's like a short movie. It's like 45 minutes. It's called Tribulation 99. 
It's like a it's com- it's composed of uh, found footage. It's not like the horror genre thing. Like it's footage that is like uh, actually found. Yeah, just taken from different contexts and recontextualized and like pieced together to form a narrative. And there's a narration put over it. But it's basically it's from 1999. It's basically like a uh, it's about an alien invasion uh, by this alien race called the Quetzalcoatls. Uh, from like some alien planet and they hollow out the earth and it's all about this like it's really over the top sort of like 50s conspiracy thing but it's a yeah. it's a it's all an allegory for uh, american imperialism in south america it's really hard to describe but like yeah that sounds fucking weird it's it's, it's talking about <laughs> it's talking about stuff like uh like allende's government in chile or the sandinistas in nicaragua and all that stuff as a, an alien invasion like they talk about allende as like a a puppet of the alien race and it's like but it's all it's complete parody you know so yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. it's from the perspective of like a, an american infomercial or like a propaganda film from the 50s like talking about the communists is like these aliens these like these frauds like they're, they're not they're not living beings and stuff like that and they had one segment about uh fidel castro talking about how uh the cia stuck botulin toxins in his uh in his air conditioning and they, they spiked his coffee on a tv set with lsd uh, and put like uh, put like toxins in his cigars that w- were supposed to make his, his beard fall out and all this different stuff and they're like uh, all, all this money was put into years-long projects to assassinate castro but they never knew that you can't kill something that isn't alive it's all about like you know <laughs> but it, it's like everything in it is true it's just told from yeah. this really weird perspective Wait, did they actually poison like they did all those things, yeah. The fuck? And there's a whole section about uh, the United Fruit Company and Coca-Cola yeah. interfering interfering in uh, Grenada and uh, Guatemala and stuff like that. And it's talking yeah, about how yeah, like yeah. the the guy who was president of the United Fruit Company had just stepped down as head of the CIA and was also the former Secretary of State. So it's like there's just, there's so and all this stuff is true in the film, mm. but they just they say it in the context of. This is an alien invasion. Like, the Quetzalcoatls are, yeah. are here to destroy us. It's a really good movie. But it's just America is what they're actually talking about. Like, America's the aliens? No, the, the communists are the aliens. It's, it's, from a, oh. an, it's from an American perspective. Oh, right, right, So, right, right, they're, yeah. they're portraying Castro, Allende, all that stuff is like, these al- yeah, ali- aliens. Yeah, alien puppets, whatever. But, um, yeah, it's a really good movie. But it's, it's impossible to find online. Is it? I had to buy it on Vimeo for three euro. Which is just it sounds it sounds obscure as fuck. So yeah, oh, it's yeah, it is very obscure, but it really annoyed me. That sounds good. That film. It that is very good. I also watched this film called it's on movie. It's called Endless Summer. No, yes. no, End of Summer. Sorry. Yeah. It's about, what's what's that like? It's amazing. It's very good. It's just it's just penguins. It's just penguins. There's no sound. It's or it's like there's a score. It's by this guy called Johan Johansson. Mm-hmm. Ever heard of him? He did uh, the score to. I recognize that name. He did the score to Mandy and uh, Mother. That's uh, yeah. Stuff like that. Yes, 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 yes. He died. Died in uh, 2018 or something. But uh, he's re- he was a really good composer. And um, he went to the Arctic with the Super 8 camera and basically filmed penguins and like, the landscape for a bit. Yeah. It's only 30 minutes long. It's on movie. Uh, but like, it's just really weird really creepy it feels like it's, it's what got me into the, the found footage sort of buzz because yeah. i was i was just imagining like it sort of invites you to like watch it from the perspective of someone from like 
100 years from now where they're like seeing penguins as, as like these alien objects it's like oh like mm. this is crazy like because the all the, the film is like so degraded and it's like really old old-fashioned film so it sort of removes itself from when it was filmed it was filmed in 2014 but it looks like That's what I was ask, yeah. yeah it looks like it was filmed in the 1910s 1920s yeah and just yeah, like, yeah. That's just cool. yeah there's a lot of focus on like the the mountains in the background and like just the penguins like talking amongst themselves like they obviously don't talk it's not like surfs up or whatever but like <laughs> but uh <laughs> they're just like they're just chatting like <laughs> and like you're just thinking like like these poor bastards have no idea what's coming basically mm. like they're fucked like they like they they probably see the mountains off in the distance but like they've no idea what's beyond there and like what's going to hit them and they can never understand it it's like yeah. it basically like an alien invasion for them like things are just going to go go to shit and they have no idea why or what's happening you know you're getting like a glimpse at to what their reality looks like mm. and like how they they perceive their reality like because if they if you had, if you stuck a camera in front of a fucking penguin's face they're not gonna know what the fuck the thing is yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> but yeah this is like how long did you, did you say it was an hour and a, or a half hour it's half an hour yeah it's worth watching i definitely have to watch that i definitely have to watch that it's worth having to go yeah it's like it's like yeah, yeah it's like it's like i don't know you feel like they're the the humans and we're the aliens like invading them yeah. basically like they're just sitting there doing their, their penguin things they're so innocent and you feel bad for them but like they're so pure they're so pure and they don't know about global warming and all that stuff and like climate change and yeah, like they're just chilling they're just penguining yeah. about I don't think penguins are even endangered but like you know what I mean like like the whole uh, ecological change and stuff like that yeah I don't know are penguins in danger I have no idea I don't know I assume man I just assume every fucking animal is endangered at this stage we all we are we kill so many of them like yeah <laughs> we kill way too many of them uh, that sounds fucking cool. Actually, I, 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 just talking about like that, um, that like that silent, you know, uh, movie aspect and like you know the 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 lack of like talking and stuff like that. I've been watching. I've been like catching up on a uh, primal. Have you ever seen that? Primal. Yeah. Is um, is that a sci-fi series? No, that yeah. So there is that is a show. Yeah. This is a, a, a TV show that came out last year uh, last October it came out with five episodes and now the other five episodes of this first season are coming out it's by uh, Gendy Tarko- Tarkovsky I think his name is oh he uh, is he the Samurai Jack is it yes yeah, yeah. he is Samurai Jack and this is a TV show about a caveman and a dinosaur and it is one of the most brutal fucking shows I have ever seen. Why? What happens? It is just about nature and how sometimes nature comes along and it'll take everything you ever cared about yeah. <laughs> and it will leave you fucked up. Yeah, Jesus. What happens in the movie? Uh, or the, the it, series? It, it, so in the first episode, like, the caveman loses his family and his little kids. Man, little kids. It's like Ice Age. You, you see, it's like the it's like Ice Age, where like you see uh, the shadows of like a a T Rex like flinging a little baby up into the air oh. and just snatching down, like it's just the shadows, mm. and then he goes to get like revenge for his family, and uh, the dinosaur is there and she has her babies, and then a bigger dinosaur comes along and fucking destroys her babies. Oh God. <laughs> But Spear and Fang, Spear the caveman, Fang the dinosaur, they uh they take down the the dinosaur 
and uh, they become friends. They fucking hate each other, mm. but they're best friends. Oh shit, that's so wholesome. And uh, it's fucking great. It's really, really good. And like the amount of like emotion that like is portrayed between like you know the caveman and this dinosaur like they're not able to talk to each other Mm. but like you get the sense of uh the relationship that the two have and like how they protect each other is really fucking cool um i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm on uh episode eight which is called uh it's about witches or something it's like coven of insanity or something like that or it's not, I don't know what it's called, but uh, it looks and it's it looks fucking cool because like this is a beautifully animated t- uh, show and uh, the shots in it are fucking gorgeous and the colors are gorgeous and you see uh, in one episode a monkey gets um, punched so hard that the skin of his face peels off oh. and they animate that real fucking well. <laughs> it's fuck. It's really good though. I recommend it. Yeah. Oh, where is that available? Um, the internet. Ooh. I watched it originally on uh, Channel 4, mm. the all four, Oh yeah. but yeah. Uh, the new season isn't on that, so I had to like get creative and find a website for it, but uh, it's good. Mm. I'm watching, uh, I'm kind of watching Samurai Jack as well, mm. but uh, not really, like I was watching it before lockdown, and now I'm on the last episode of season one, and I just haven't been arsed watching it, I'm just, it's just not what I want to watch right now, you know, yeah. I want to watch, you know. What do you want to watch? I want to watch Primal. Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch, I want to watch films. Like I really like Samurai Jack is um, like amazing uh, mood setter and like it's real quiet. Mm. It's real stylistic and it's real cool. I don't want slow and cool and stylistic. I don't want to fucking monkey get punched so hard <laughs> that his face peels off. That's why I don't watch it. <laughs> That's what you need. Yeah, a bit of uh, catharsis, you know. Yeah. Wild and bombastic. I think I will. I will get into it though. I will watch it. Just not, just right, not right now. Samurai Jack. I'm watching a, yeah, Samurai Jack. Uh, did you not watch as a kid? No, I did, but like I never, I only caught like episodes, and they're always like out of context. Mm. Whereas like watching it now as an adult and being able to watch it like uh, in the sequence that it was meant to be, mm. you can actually understand that there actually is a fucking story. To yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard it's like a, it's like a masterpiece, or whatever. I loved it as a kid, but I don't. Mm. I, I loved it as a kid as well. I couldn't tell you the plot really, except for like the guy with the big eyebrows and stuff. And Jack. Aku. Aku, yeah. I, I loved it when I was yeah. a kid. Because Cartoon Network, yeah. all that stuff, I loved. And Toonami. Um, I loved all them. But uh, I, I don't know the plot at all. Like, It came back as well, though. Yeah, the revival, back, uh, yeah. Like, two years ago, I think. Because, like, fucking Adult Swim brought it back. Like, Adult Swim and Adult Swim are doing Primal as well. Mm. Like, they do really fucking good uh, adult cartoons. Yeah. Actually, remember, like, when we were talking about, like, Perfect Blue? And we're like, oh, there's no, like good like adult animation like oh, shit, shit like primal yeah. yeah like and shit like that that's like good adult animation but there's no f- i can't think of a film that's really good adult animation mm, yeah yeah we're probably missing one though we got that one really wrong so yeah we got that <laughs> <laughs> really but adult yeah. swim do good adults yeah uh, they do they're really good animation you know ever watch wonder I'm shows a, a and, and all that stuff no but i really want to I it's wanna, all on youtube like, get that yeah so they're really good they're really funny Really uh, cutting edge and like edgy. They're really weird. Um, yeah, before, but like they're like ahead of their time because it's from the early two th- thousands. Mm. But they have like a little girl on Wall Street. Um, 
Yeah, she's like, who, yeah. Did you, who did you exploit today and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, and he's like, uh, I don't think anybody yet. And she's like, yet? Yeah. <laughs> and he just walks off. But like, that was like, t- <laughs> yeah. that was like 2005, you know? It's before, yeah. before people got woke. You know? before, literally before the economic crash. Before the crash, <laughs> she was like way ahead of it, you know? there Everyone everyone was like swimming around in rivers of gold and she was like, this is all wrong. This is wrong. Yeah, see this isn't sustainable. It's not this little girl. This is not sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> They're funny though. Yeah, definitely. I watched um I watched Seven as well. Oh, Sugar. Again. Um again, I I watched this film years ago. Uh now going back and watching it, um I appreciate this film so much more now. <laughs> really? Why what what, yeah. what what sticks out the second time? Well, I think it's like an an age thing cuz like when I was watching it, I was like I didn't I don't you know, when I was younger, didn't really appreciate, you know, the tone that was set in the film, mm. the, like the, the the message more. I think I understood the message of uh, the killer. What the fuck his name is? What's his name? John Kaiser. So- oh. uh, <laughs> Kaiser Sose. It was him all along. <laughs> it was him. All- well, Kaiser Sose, you know, with the devil, John Doe, pretty fucking similar. Mm. But um, like his like what he was talking about, like you know, eat like fucked up people. Because I watched this film when I was like twelve or thirteen. I didn't properly understand that, but now you know. Nine years later, I get it, mm. <laughs> and uh, I was I watched it with the uh, with my family, and uh, I watched it with Isabel just before lockdown, and um, the uh, the cool thing like about it was like uh, Isabel and Jenna, my sister, didn't know like anything about the film. They had no idea what was going on. Like they'd never seen the film before, so they didn't know about you know what's in the box oh. or what any of the kills were gonna be and stuff mm. like that. But uh. It was interesting, like seeing their reaction to it. Yeah, uh, how did they react? Uh, well, Isabel like figured out because she was just like, because you know when like John Doe at the end, he's just like, I'll plead, uh, I'll plead insanity if you don't come with me to like this area, like seven o'clock, or whatever. Mm. Um, and it has to be you, you two cops or whatever. Isabel like tapped me on the shoulder and she's like, Oh, is this something like uh, MV? And uh, rage, or whatever, whatever the fuck, wrath, rage, uh, envy, and wrath has to do with those two. And I was like, mm. kind of. And then she was like, Oh, she knew the the seven sins off. She knew the seven sins, and yeah. she also was like, and then she like looked at me, she's like, I think I know what's in the box, and she was right. Oh, really? <laughs> she said like she's she was like, oh, she predicted what was going to be in the box. Oh, what's in the box? What's in the box? Such a great, re- such a great re- twist. Brad Pitt is fucking amazing yeah. in that film. It's like, what's, what's in the so box, good. man? He's like crying and stuff. It's so... Uh, he's crying, isn't he? And it's like, there's a moment where like, he's, he's about to... He's not going to shoot him and then he's... Boom! <laughs> Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! That was seven Every, to 20 years. Everyone's seen Everyone that. knows the ending to seven. That's why I was amazed that Jenna and Isabel didn't know the ending Yeah, that's crazy. I, I thought everyone that's would like know that. It's like fucking The Sixth Sense, basically. Like, yeah. But yes, I love. I really like Seven. It's like it's like uh, one of those uh, genre movies that just it's so well done that mm. you just you forgive all the conventions and the tropes and stuff. It's like like True Detective, yeah. you know. It's, it's it's basically just a neo noir mo- uh, detective movie. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, but it's it's but so well executed, like, and it's like grittier and darker and more like sinister and twisted and fucked up. Yeah, um, it's twisted. There is, like, some things where I'm, like... Like what? Like, when I was watching it, I was just like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like, they're 
these people like I felt like at one point it was like the people were clinging on to life too much. Mm. So like you know the the guy that like overeats himself he didn't have to do that he could have just stopped and just accepted he's gonna get shot in the face. Similarly, the like the Wall Street guy he didn't have to like cut his uh, his flesh out he could have just accepted being shot in the face. And again with the girl with the pride one because that's like where she she's like all the sleeping pills and a phone and she could ring for help or she could take the pills and she decides to take the pills mm. after she cuts her nose off. Oh, um, so I was like, oh, these people are clinging on to life too much. But then when John does like explaining it, he's just like, oh no, these people sinned. They're filled with sin, and he's like that, and because like you know the lust one, the victim in that is is the prostitute that gets you know yeah fucked with a knife Fuck. and. Uh, He's just like, oh, she was, she was just a whore, and I was like, and like, I was like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense now, John Doe, because surely the fuck, it's the guys that are paying her for sex that are the ones that are lustful and are filled with sin, like you know, like. <laughs> well, it's also a sin to do that, isn't it? It's a sin to well, do pretty much everything, isn't it? It's a sin to do everything, but like within his his ideology, his meaning, you know, is is being a prostitute not like one of the sins? Or like selling stuff. Jesus was friends to the prostitute. No, he fucked the prostitute. Mary Magdalene. He did wasn't fuck the prostitute. Mary Magdalene. But you know, John Doe, read up on the Bible there, bro. Jesus was best mate to the prostitute. So the <laughs> <laughs> But like that yeah. like and even like his like I was like, that's a bit it felt it's more shocking than anything else in the film. It's way more fucked up. You know, obviously they don't they don't show anything, but like it is that guy that when you remember you said that before, that guy's performance was like I didn't want to do it. He's like... Mm, he's tops. He, he, I, that's an incredible acting I just, right there. I just got shivers just thinking about that thing again, that scene. Oh, it's awful. It's Horrible. awful. Horrible stuff. And they don't show anything. It's just the dude's fucking uh, how, reaction to it. It's yeah. so scary. How could they even show that? You know, That would make it less scary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'd be fucking wincing looking... Oh, shit. He knocked off the glass <laughs> water. You'd just be fucking wincing at it like... Yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't be needed. Like, it wouldn't add anything to it. Uh, it makes it more scary when you don't see it. Yeah. But uh, his, like... Yeah, I'm watching it again. Like, watching it the second time, I kind of understood more the... The, like... I guess the duality between uh, John Doe and uh, Morgan Freeman's character. Mm. His... What the fuck's his name? His name has a... Their names have fucking meanings again. His is, like... Because, like, fucking Brad Pitt's character is called David. Which is, like, um... Fucking, ah! Uh, oh no, I remember looking up Morgan Freeman's character's name. It means um, I just come up with seven for fuck's sake. There we go. Uh, means uh, protector. All right. Somerset means protector. Does it? And then, yeah. But like Somerset means protector, and Mills means something, and John Doe, you know, unknown, mm. the the unknown, mm. and stuff like that. But uh. Like understood more like how like Somerset and John Doe were two sides of the same coin. Like they saw the world the same kind of way, except Somerset was more trying to save the world or protecting it, even though he knew that there was no real point to do it. Yeah, it's like two. And, he's like an angel and a demon. Yeah, angel and a demon. And Mile, like Mills, whatever the fuck his name is, he's like he wants to be a hero. He thinks like everyone's good, everyone can be protected, everyone can be saved. Mm. Um, and he's wrong. Like Such a sad he's, movie. He's wrong. It's a very, it's a very, very bleak, depressing film. Mm, yeah. Its outlook on humanity is fucking bleak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not nice. 
But like, no. but that's what you want, you know. That 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 seemed like the start of all those edgy movies, like stuff like Dark yeah. Knight, you know. Yeah. Where it's like, it's basically it's advocating this really dark sort of like almost fascist worldview. Where oh, it's nihilistic as fuck. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. It's really dark. But that's the nineties for you. But when I was watching it, I was reminded of like us talking about um, a dystopian uh, fiction and how like dystopian fiction never really got popular until you know nowadays. And that idea, like, oh, where did this all come from? Mm. I really got a sense of that when I was watching this film. Was like, where did this like bleak nihilistic view that everyone is fucked up, everyone's a sinner? And everyone needs to change and all that shit. Where did that come from? What, like, what do you think causes that in films? Because, like, feel obviously, like films reflect like this the culture and society that they come from. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely films just acting as a mirror to uh, to society in general. Um, in that sense, you know, you can't resist the comparisons to like just the nineties in general. The whole like end of history thing. It's like people just like uh, this is it. You know, we've arrived at the end of what can be achieved and mm. things are still bad. P- bad people still exist. Bad things still happen. Uh, like, what Like what other conclusions do you have to come to other than the world is just a bad place and people are bad people and that, like, it, yeah. it's never going to change, you know? It's like, it's just, yeah. it's just a logical conclusion of uh, of the sort of, uh, I don't know, ideological project of that time. We, we defeated fascists and communists. How else can it? Yeah. <laughs> they're, the only, they're the only two reasons people can be yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, we, we beat the bad guys, but people are still bad. It's like, this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Well, but it does make sense if you're like, oh, everyone is bad. Yeah. You know? If you're like a fucking edgelord, you're like, oh, everyone's bad. <laughs> the world's needs to end. We are the parasite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people like that are so annoying. Oh, stop. It's fucking... It's annoying. Yeah. It is just annoying. The world will live without us. It's like... Yeah, yeah well... what well, like... Yeah, but we yeah. don't fucking want that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's your point? Personally, I don't want to fucking die. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that is like... It's such a... It's such a thing in this film as well. It's like everyone is a sinner. Everyone is fucked up. Like, even the fact that, like, you know, the town doesn't have a name or the city doesn't have a name it's like you know it's like gotham it can be anywhere it's always raining and the one moment where it's not raining is when they're out in the desert at the final like sin the final two sins and that's when the most like fucked up bit like the most psychologically fucked up bit happens (laughs) that uh that sense of like everyone's evil everyone's fucked up and everyone needs to change and like john doe being the one that's going to change things in the most Mm fucked up brutal way uh like really um i guess uh i don't know like it's just it's you, just a bleak fucking film yeah <laughs> it's just a fucked up bleak film mm, yeah um yeah i don't know like the whole thing about you almost have to be a bad guy to change anything or to get people to yeah like the joker like the joker bro like there's never a film about like like even look at dark knight Harvey Dent, he's the good guy, he's a lawyer, he's trying to change things. He's doing it the wrong way, basically. He's like a renegade. Yeah. Uh but like he still gets fucked up in the end. Like and it turns out oh, yeah. it turns out the only way to change anything is to be like crazy, to be completely fucking off the wall like the Joker. And even then, you're gonna get uh knocked down a peg by some fucking mentally ill man in a fucking black mask. Uh you know, it's like, 
fucking lot of money. Yeah, yeah, with a lot of money behind them. It's like, it's like this world, so much going on in this world, but it, yeah, it never moves anywhere at all. Mm. You know? Much like our own. Much like our own. Mm. Stasis. Yeah, yeah, like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm reading uh, Society of the Spectacle. Oh, what's it like? Uh, it's good. Uh, there's a bit there where I was like, ah, he's just talking about shit. I have no idea what he's talking about. He's talking about like Stalinism and like the spectacle and fascism and the spectacle. I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Mm. I understood up until this point, but now I'm past that point and I'm understanding more because he's talking about time and like uh, the cyclical nature of time, where it's like, you know that thing where it's just like um, time wasn't really seen, seen as a cycle until agriculture. So you'd be like, oh, it's that time of the year again. Yeah, Where yeah. we can now plant our shit. Even Halloween, Halloween, which was two days before this is broadcast. Uh, you know, it's all about, it's all related to when they used to bring the cows down from the pasture and when mm. the, they had to like sow the fields or whatever, or like yeah. reap reap what they'd sown or whatever, you know. It's, it's all based around the habits of uh, agricultural living, you yeah. know. And sure, even like the fact that like you know the uh, the clock's going forward and going backwards. Like we're getting rid of that now because we don't we don't need to do that. Mm. But like that was that was because of farming. That's because of agriculture to for that reason. Mm. But um, that seeing time as like a cycle that wasn't the thing. Like normally, like you kind of perceive things as like you know as like forward moving and stuff like that. But like because of agriculture, you saw things in a, in a cycle. And uh, I think it, it has like increased. To, to the point where like we see we see times like forward moving but also as a, as a cycle and therefore it is stagnant mm. like because of like the, the world that we're living in right now and like time doesn't really move in the same way that it used to move and I think uh, seven John Doe's like attempt is to fucking kick that out of the way and just get time back on track yeah. and moving forward again <laughs> let's, show that like <laughs> let's get this going come on lads let's get this going he's a time lord he's Doctor <laughs> Who <laughs> yeah it's a Doctor Who spin off he's trying to fucking fix shit like yeah. and uh, his way of, his method of doing it is super fucked up and super nihilistic and bloody and brutal mm. compared to Somerset who sees people as you know they're, they're fucked up and there's maybe no reason like to save them but you can't. He's like uh, fucking. He's like, why not? Mythos. He's like uh, Sisyphus. Sisyphus. Yeah, yeah, Camus. Sisyphus. He's like, you know, yeah, you, you. Like, what else are you gonna do? You can fall into nihilism. You can turn into the John Doe's mm. of the world, or you can just keep fighting forward and keep moving forward. Mm. But the film ultimately proves that that's pointless as well. That the film itself says yeah. that's pointless. That's so sad. It's a fucked up film. Mm. Oh, is that what DeBoer talks about in, in Society of the Spectacle? Like the six- Oh no, he's just talking about like uh, capitalism and shit like oh, that. Right. Like he's, that's like the spectacle and like mm. ideology and stuff like that. That's what he's talking about. But like that, uh, that idea of time kind of relates back into uh, Seven in a, in, a, in a way, I think. Definitely, you know, the return. Time is a flat circle, all that stuff. Yeah, time is a flat circle. Mm. But I like when I was watching it as well, or I, was th- I kind of was thinking about like, you know, um, I feel like it kind of takes a little bit of inspiration from uh, Cormac McCarthy a little bit. Mm, what do you mean? With like these like really bleak, fucked up, nihilistic landscapes filled with fucked up people doing really fucked up shit. Like 
it's like this I don't know I think like I feel like Cormac McCarthy might have had like a huge influence on this like this like uh, rut I guess that we're stuck in with all these films like these really depressing films and books and shit mm. it's like no humans are shit humans are shit <laughs> yeah yeah humans are like get a bad rap in Cormac McCarthy stuff like Blood Meridian and like Child of God yeah. and like The Road No Country for Old Men like No Country for Old Men seems like the more direct comparison to Seven but that was published way yeah. after yeah, but yeah, I suppose yeah. like he laid the foundations for that sort of that philosophy beforehand. beforehand, yeah. Do you think this all? Do you think this comes from fucking like, uh, like World War Two, and like World War One? Like, cause this shit, like the brutality and stuff like that, had always been there in Empire, mm. but like now, well, now I guess like a hundred years ago, World War One, World War Two, it's like Empire had to like reflect on itself and see that it was doing all this brutal shit mm. but they didn't actually reflect on themselves they're like oh look at the germans with their concentration camps yeah ignore ignore the belgians in the congo they're fine <laughs> yeah 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 that's the thing it's like it's very narcissistic in that way like there's so much there's so many movies about fucking world war Two and stuff like that it's like sh- it is like a really massive like sort of mythical event but it's only has that has that sort of status because it happened you know, at home, basically. It happened yeah. where we sort of know ourselves to be. It's in the known landscape. Yeah, yeah. That's the only reason it's, like, it's that big. And it was, a bit, the you know, the bloodiest war in history, but, like, it's st- the whole point is, like, the main battleground was right here, basically, in Europe. Yeah. Uh, but all this stuff was, like, going on before in, like, different places, but, like, we just didn't see it. And we didn't have the tech. Yeah. We didn't have the technology to convey what was being seen. Like, World War One, World War Two, World War One is almost more horrific in the weapons that were used. But, mm, it's more barbaric. But like there wasn't uh, there wasn't uh, film cameras or really uh, cameras at all to depict any of it. I think it's but, like uh, there's like a thing where before you had this like illusion that you, if you're fighting a war, it's like it was like glorious to fight in a war, and if you're fighting in a war, it's justified. Yeah, you're fighting yeah. for something. Whereas nowadays, like the illusion that you fight for anything really is like, it's like oh no, you're just fighting for someone else. Like you're being conned or whatever. Like even Trump said yeah. himself is like anyone who went to Vietnam was it was a dope. Or something like that, you know. When he's he's, he's not yeah, yeah. he's not really wrong, but like it's bad to yeah. say. But um, it is bad. Well, it is bad to say because like you know, it was like they were forced to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he's he's also like technically correct in the fact that like all this yeah, he's these, touching people, on that these idea. people got scammed and like uh, basically exported as like dead meat to like you know parody Moloch the imperial machine or whatever. Yeah, and like it just makes so it's just thing. depressing to think about that's the thing I haven't seen it now uh, and I definitely will recommend it but like Jarhead do you know like have you ever seen Jarhead no I've never seen it so like Jarhead is about like guys getting ready to go towards getting like hyped up and getting ready to go to war in like Iraq or Afghanistan I don't know where the fuck it is but there's a clip there's a scene where they're uh, they're watching like a fucking apocalypse now or something and they're cheering at a part that like is meant to be like anti-war mm. so it's like these guys don't understand the message that's been like put to them here like they're so pro-war that they don't mm. they don't see the the critiques and stuff like that yeah i think that's based, on, they, that's based on a real thing like the american army actually show apocalypse now is like a it's like a, mo- as, a mo- as a motivational movie Jesus Christ. I, I remember i wouldn't be surprised i remember something about a lot of it being based in fact but I, i've never seen the actual film but uh there's this thing in it where like they're getting ready to go to war and then when eventually they get to go to war 
they never ever shoot their guns because the drones and the airstrikes are taking care of it for them. Yeah. So it's like, what was the point of them fucking being there? And then they even quit, like, they're like, oh, what's the point of us being here if we're not going to fight? And then it's like, they start to question, why the fuck are we even here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have <laughs> like, why are we bombing the shit out of these people? I need to watch it. I, have to, yeah. like, I know that like that's kind of the... Jake Gyllenhaal, the isn't it? He's always yeah, good. He's always good. He's very... Velvet Buzzsaw is fucking awful. But besides that, <laughs> he hasn't been in a bad movie. He actually before. hasn't. Yeah, he, he had a run there for a while where he was, every movie he was in was amazing. Like, uh, like Prisoners? Yeah, Night, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler Prisoners. There was a uh, few others there. Like, we're all in a row. There's like, yeah. there's like half a dozen movies in a row where every single one was amazing. Nocturnal Animals as well. Yeah. He's in one called uh, uh, Okja. Ever watched that? On, oh, Okja. Yeah, Okja, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, on Netflix. Bon Joon-ho. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's in that. He's pretty good in that. He's like he's really he's fucking great. In yeah, that as well. <laughs> have you seen that movie? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that film's fucked. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's so it's, fucked. it's so sad. It's so sad. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, I, was, I remember watching him and like, ah, yes, Bon Joon-ho. I understand meat, <laughs> the meat factories, yeah. the uh, <laughs> the complex behind it. It's very fucked up. It's, I get it. <laughs> it ain't good. It it ain't good. That's basically the message, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that that movie's gas. I saw that at the start of lockdown. That's a real throwback for me. Like, yeah, back in I the day, to, I'm pretty sure I watched that at the start of lockdown as well. Oh, uh, look, twinning. Yeah, twinning. Yeah, I think it's just because there's nothing else. Yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Netflix is barren these days. Yeah, it really is. Like, they need to get more. Although there's a couple of things coming out now. There's a couple more things being added onto it. Can't remember, but there are a few things. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I want more like of those like. The Deer Hunters and like Godfathers and stuff like that. One of yeah. those classic films that I need. Those essential viewings. I want more of them on. Yeah, it's so hard to find those movies. Do you want to go on to some listener questions? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah I is this the 10th episode? Yeah, it is. 10th episode. Jeez, we didn't even, we didn't even, Hello! Whoa, look, the spectrogram <laughs> went crazy there. Um, yeah, this is it's the 10th episode extravaganza, isn't it? You know? We probably should have mentioned that at the start, but I was too late. We'll stick it in. It'll be grand. We'll be grand. Do you want to crack on with the movie? Huh? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. On to our listener questions. Uh, If you have a question for us, you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at paro underscore pod or the email theparopod at gmail.com. Mark, do you want to take the first question and ask it there? First question comes in from Kleena. Shout out to Kleena. Uh, She's asking... Shed's cleaning a friend of the pod. She's asking, any good movies to watch right now? Smiley face. So I'm assuming uh, cleaning meant like, you know, wholesome, easy, fun films. Because, you know, things are pretty bleak. You know, we could recommend, you know, zombie films and like pandemic films. But, you know, we're not not, going to do that. (laughs) Read the room. (laughs) Read the room. Um, So I just threw in like just a bunch of like feel good films. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is coming on to Netflix soon i think um i love that film have you ever seen that film i have not seen it yet you're Fantastic you're always recommend it i have to see it it's on netflix Fantastic is it film. it's it's out of, on netflix now or it's coming on to netflix in like a couple of days or a week or so good stuff i have to have a look highly recommend it uh groundhog day i think that's very thematically uh appropriate <laughs> yeah actually yeah jesus we could we could analyze um, that man we actually could analyze that's actually that could be the recommendation for, for from you next week. But uh, yeah. the uh, yeah Groundhog Day, you know, it's a classic. It's a it's a very it is a feel good film though. Um, it's nice. It's cozy. It's nostalgic, and uh, you know, 
repeating a day over and over again. It's uh, you know, it feels like that right now, so it's good. Mm. Um, and then, uh, les untouchables, untouchables, les intouchables, les untouchables. <laughs> 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 Man, did you see that? They see that re- they remade that with Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart. Yeah, don't watch that. Don't watch the get that is the, the fuck that's that is so. That's such the most American thing I've ever seen. Like, like why did why, why did they remake that? With like because uh, subtitles are hard to read. I don't know, man. I don't get it. Fuck that! Don't watch the fucking remake. Watch the original, which is a fantastic film. Uh, it's feel good. It's great. It's enjoyable. It's nice. It's soft, and uh, a good happy ending overall. Um. Do you want to take? Do you want to cut away from me for a bit, and you can try out some of yours? Yeah, um, my recommendation is the other guys, which is also the recommendation for next week. Mm. Uh, for Owen's analysis, um, and that's pretty much all I have. I, I can't think of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have any other. I watched. I watched that last night, so that's fresh in my mind. But I'll, I'll think of another one now. Give me. Give me a second. The, the Water Boy. <laughs> oh, The Water Boy! Great movie. Great movie. Uh, I'd also uh, I got well two more recommendations I guess um, just your favorite fucking Disney film whatever it may be like I'm gonna be cracking open <laughs> fucking Moana soon I'm gonna be cracking into fucking Aladdin as well soon because you know these be bleak times and I need I need some happy music I need that uh, the rock singing you're welcome to me I need that and I also need Robin Williams's uh, genie performance I need that in my life now <laughs> so I'm gonna be going back into that. Um and lastly, I would recommend uh, Airplane. Did you ever see Airplane? I have, yeah, yeah, with the the big lads, Robert Stack, Leslie Nielsen. A classic spoof movie, but it's just stupid, good fun, mm. and uh, highly, highly recommend that film mm. for these times as well. So there's like you know a bunch of films. Do you have any more? Yeah, I have a few, I have a few. I just came up with there in the last thirty seconds. Uh, <laughs> Dodgeball, Dodgeball is a great feel-good movie. You know, yeah. it's a bit dated, but it's uh, it's like it's like the other guys. It's just like just just a good film to watch in the background. You know, you don't have to you don't have to pay attention to everything that goes on. No. Uh, another thing, Scary Movie three or the, the first three scary movies. Well, maybe not the second one, but they're funny. They're pretty funny. Yeah, is the second one the one in the haunted house? Yeah, that's the one with the uh, yeah, f- fuck that. Uh, what's his name? Cross. Yeah, yeah, the guy with the hand there. Yeah. And the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah, it's not great. Not great. Scary Movie 3 is really good. Charlie Sheen, Aliens. They piss out of their fingers. Leslie Nielsen's in it. It's just... It's... I really like it. It's a hoot. It's a hoot. It's a hoot. It's a hoot. It's, it's a, a hoot. good time. Yeah, it's, it's a good time. Good time for the whole family. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I don't... I think it... Like, yeah. I think just, you know, those type of movies, like stupid, silly, fun comedy films and like, you know, nice wholesome family films is what's needed right now don't watch seven for the love of god don't watch that oh fuck you up <laughs> oh no um yeah and then all right so second question coming in from michelle of course shout out to michelle um michelle asks favorite autobiography that you've read now we're not gonna lie to you michelle <laughs> i don't think i've ever read <laughs> an autobiography <laughs> but there are some that i do want to read um I do want to read Malcolm X's uh, autobiography because you know pretty pretty important text within the the field 
of um, black uh, radical uh, politics and ideology and anti-capitalism stuff like that. Um, what about you, Mark? Me? Um, yeah. <laughs> there's no one else here, I suppose, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> my favourite autobiography is... Uh, well, it's not really an autobiography, but it's, you know, it's about the person who wrote it, uh, On the Road by Jack yeah. Kerouac. Really sort of... Oh, yeah. Really yeah. sort of basic bitch uh, choice, but... It's like one of those things where he, I, I actually have the, the original scroll where uh, it's like he uses the, the, the name in the, the novel, the original, the originally published novel on the road, the main character is Style Paradise, but uh, he basically just changed all the names out for people who were who actually his friends and himself. So he's the main character, yeah. but he just switched the names around. So it's, it's uh, yeah, the only difference is the names. Yeah. That's so he's, it's, it's all about him. It's all about his life. And that's pretty... I can't remember any other. I I I, I read a, uh, a Lee Evans autobiography back in the day, but other other <laughs> other than that, uh, I haven't really read any. But On the Road is definitely one of my favorite books ever. So I think I yeah. think that counts. Yes. you know. I think it counts. Yeah, that would definitely. If I thought of that, I would answer that as well. Because mm-hmm. I haven't read many autobiographies because, like, a lot of them, like, I imagine, like, I imagine, like, reading like a historical figure, yeah. But I'm not gonna crack open fucking Graham Norton's autobiography <laughs> and start like luring into that. Like, yeah, yeah, fuck that. Like, that's just not, that's not my uh, my taste in in reading. Nah. But um, do you want to go into the third question? Yeah, let's float on down there. Um, Coley asks another great question from Coley. Uh, thoughts on the one shot method for scenes, movies, and any drawbacks? He. he he gives the examples. He gives well. examples of uh, 1917 and Birdman, which were both mm. sort of shot in the one take, kind of uh, shot as if they were one takes. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the the one shot methods? How do you think it's uh, effective, and in what situations do you think it's? Effective? I'm gonna take the really unpopular position and say it's like it's completely overrated, and that it's I it's almost. I don't more. think it's. O- I think it's distracting. I think Birdman is a is like it's just a a gimmick. At that point, it began. It was like really fashionable back then. It became became a gimmick where Mm. people just wanted to do it for the sake of it. Like it's technically impressive, but it doesn't really make any sense to have it in a movie a lot of the time. People just, I think, like like a lot of places, a lot or a lot of movies or TV shows do it just to to say like, oh, this is one, just just, this is one take. Like saying True Detective. Where it's it's yeah. all actually one take in the fourth episode for the last f- ten fifteen minutes, or th- yeah yeah, yeah it's it's pretty long. Yeah. But it's like that was like the first time I remember seeing that come up, like a one take. It was like yeah. really impressive and like it got loads of coverage. But it, it's like needed in the episode almost. Like it, the episode requires it. Like everything is building up. It's like a a, a kettle coming to a boil, and like th- this scene yes. at the end is like everything just overflowing and things just going haywire. And there's, there's no point cutting away because everything you wouldn't want to cut away because everything that happens is uh, something that you want to see, and that's that's why I think it was yeah. needed to have it there. But stuff like like I don't think you need it for a whole movie. I don't know why. I don't think that's necessary. But I don't know. What do you think? I think yes. I think that uh, you know when used effectively, like that's like immediately I thought that the fucking episode four of True Detective. That's like the perfect use of the one shot where it is because one shots should be used like when things are tense 
because you don't cut away and you're like you have to like live in the moment as well and like you know following rust into that into the house and he's like he's counting down he's like looking around he's glancing at what's going on he's like counting down and then just it fucking kicks off it's so good and like the music building up to it all it's so so good that's where i think one shots are really effective um in terms of birdman i disagree there because i think in birdman uh it's thematically important because they're talking about like putting on a stage performance and all that type of stuff and like you know <clears throat> the uh they talk about like art and like you know oh real actors are the ones that like are on stage and they don't get to cut away there's no cuts for them so that's like involved within the film itself to the fact that they, these actors actually are doing it in one take um so i know just you know have you ever heard about the things about um the who fucked up the most in um in birdman and who like was the best like remembering no. the lines uh, Zach Galifianakis was the best at remembering his lines because he's a stand-up comedian. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Emma Stone was the worst. She fucked up the most amount of times. So. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Zach Galifianakis, like a dude that basically has, like, live theater um, mm. history, was able to do it the best out of all of them. Yeah, I, that, yeah, that makes more sense, yeah. Anyway, but I, I, but uh, I, think, I think for a movie, just it just uh, it's like... There's some know. films where, like, it is just not needed. Like, uh, have you ever seen Hunger? Yeah, yeah. Do you know that long take and that which goes on for like 15 minutes? Yeah. And just the two of them, like, it's just like, oh, wow, like, look at them acting. But the two of them are fucking stage performers anyway. Like, they're able to do that. That's not impressive. Like, mm, <laughs> Yeah. I, I think that... It's not even impressively shot or anything. It's just the camera is there. Yeah. It does not move. It's That's when it's fucking boring. Yeah. But I think that's that's actually thematically important in that movie, though. The That shot. Why? Because <laughs> the conversation. No, because it's just sort of... Because it's Bobby Sands talking to a priest, isn't it? Yeah. So it's just sort of, uh, I don't know, translating the uh, the long slog of the troubles, of like the struggle, of like living in prison, of going on hunger strike okay. to like, to a filmic sort of medium. I thought, yeah. I, I know what you mean, like it is, it's a boring scene and it's like, it got a lot of hype, but at the same time, I don't think it was included just to be like, oh, this is one take. Like, yeah. M- yeah, no, fair you, enough. You, I think it's about the conversation around yeah, it yeah, you, that caused that. Your man uh, McQueen, he's pretty bad for like making movies just to like be impressive. I think, or to like yeah. get like people going, "Oh, that's mad." But I think in Hunger, like that actually that worked off, or uh, that that yeah. worked out. I think. But um, yeah, I th- yeah. There's like some films like 1917. Like there's points in that film where like you can blatantly see like where the cut was to the point where like why did you even fucking bother doing it? Like it's mm. so obvious where the cuts are. It's bits where like the main character will like jump or fall down and it's so obvious that he's moving past like a fucking green screen or something that I don't know what the point of even I don't know what the point of it being one take was. The only moment where it make where like it works in the film for me was the end of the film and the start of the film, like when they're walking through um, the landscape and it's real tense, like, oh shit, are they there? Are they not there? And then they're fine. And then the bit where like he's just fucking legging it down through the fucking, mm. uh, along the, the battlefield. That's fucking cool. Um, also, there's a point in that film where like he gets knocked out and time progresses. It's like, so you, you've literally broken the one, the one shot there because it's not one shot. It's not like one continuous passage flow of time there's mm. literally a breaking in time so why like what's the point yeah, why was yeah. it needed to be in one shot i think it was like he wanted like no that was nolan isn't it 
1970. That's uh, uh, Mendes. Mendes, is it? I thought Nolan was involved. Yeah, in that. Sam. No, but yeah. Maybe he was involved, but it's Sam Mendes, director. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like they were trying to get across this uh, thing about war. Like, remember we talked about Ch- yeah. Children of Men? I mean, it's, like, the, yeah. like the shot, the, the last, what, 20 minutes in Children of Men. It's like such a realistic sort of scene. I don't know if it's one shot, but like it feels like it is. Anyway. I'm pretty sure it is one yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah. That'd be an example of where it works. Yeah, that'd be an example of where it works. But like in, in 1917, like I could see the idea, like maybe they pitched it as like, it's like a realistic war movie that like never, never lets up, like never gives you a break. It's like, it's like actual war. But there's so many different set pieces in that movie. There's so many different scenes that it doesn't make any, like they're in the tank. And there's so much and, downtime. Yeah. Like it's a- <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're in the tank, they're on the beach, they're waiting to get picked up. It's like, like, what was the point of it? There's no real point to having that movie being one shot, I think. Like, no. you could... I, yeah. It's, like, it's cool, but it doesn't make any sense in a it's narrative cool sense. It's cool in certain... Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's cool in certain in certain scenes. I think, like, when... When it's intense and when it's action or when it's violence or also similarly fucking irreversible, uh, you know, the underpass scene, that being, you know... Well, that that film's all one takes. Mm. Like it's all just like long takes. But like that being a one take, there is you know they just put the camera down and they let it roll. But it's that it's it's the impact that has you don't get to cut away because fucking she doesn't yeah uh, she doesn't get to cut away and stuff like that. Like that's mm. where it's effective. Like if if I have the question like what's the point of this? You're doing a bad job. That's that's where I get like that's where you lose me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm trying to think of other examples of one takes that I do. Did you ever see that film Victoria? No, what's that? It's a German film, um, 2015 or 16. That film, like, so you know the like, Birdman and 1917. There, it's like it's meant to look like it's one take, but it's not actually one take. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Victoria was like one take. It actually was one take mm. they didn't cut ever they didn't like and they don't like fuck around and like pretend like it's one take it is genuinely one take mm. i watched 20 minutes of that video of that film before i knocked it off because it was fucking boring yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> can you see that like they're like not in the sense that it's, it's like one continuous take but like that they didn't get a second shot at like like lines and stuff like lines that you might have re- reshot if you had if it wasn't that gimmick on like no, not even that. It's just like, f- like for the first time, fucking twenty minutes, half an hour. Nothing happens. Nothing's happening. Really? Nothing's happening. It's just people hanging out. And I was like, why did this have to be one take? <laughs> this is. I understand later on. It's like a heist film, I think. Yeah. So it turns into like the need for one take. But for fuck's sake, if it takes, just fucking make it. Just make it normal, and then the last bit can be one take. Yeah, <laughs> make make it in two parts. But like, what like what happens if you get like. Say it's 120 minutes long. You start again. You start again. Nah, I would be like, nah. Like how many times? Oh yeah, imagine. How- I imagine this guy. Like, if you fuck up, just keep going. Yeah, I think that. Like, I think that's how they go. You know, like, I'm, like it's like I'm pretty sure that's how they do it. They just yeah. like if you fuck up your line, just keep going. Yeah, like if it's something like that. If it's like, two hours long and you're an hour and 55 minutes in and you go, uh, 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 you start stuttering. It's like you don't. That's it. That's that's just a character. Thing. Yeah, yeah. He's like <laughs> suddenly has a stutter in the last five minutes of the movie. You know. Yeah, it's fine. You know? Fuck it. Now, obviously, I say, like, there's, like, a clever way of making a cut or something. There has to be. Yeah. There's no way like, there's, like, an actually, I don't know. Like, I, I doubt a lot of them are actually, like, one cuts. It'd be so expensive. It's, like, the opposite in, True De- in that True Detective episode where they, they pan up to the helicopter at one point 
And th- yeah. that was just as like an insurance shot in case they fucked up the rest of it. Um, yeah. But like, there's no cut there. It was just, it was just in- if they wanted to cut there, they could have. Yeah, but they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. It was just, it was just included in there. But they, it was all one take, and you can tell by the way, like, like parts of that that one cut. It's only eight minutes long, but you can tell parts of it are like, you would have reshot it if it wasn't part of, if it wasn't part of like a, one whole piece. Like the part where like Russ is like beating on the the Nazis outside on the projects, and like it yeah. looks so unrealistic. Like you would have reshot that if you're like, if it was just one scene shot together. But yeah, it was part of a bigger like, thing. He's like throwing him down. He like barely hits. Him yeah, like yeah. Uh-huh. And even the bit where like he, uh, where like they get the the two of them get the shit kicked out of him with the two black guys. Mm. It's like, it's pretty obvious. Like the violence there isn't like believable, but you understand because like no, they do this in one take, so they're not gonna risk yeah. like you know. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Like, and the shots as well. But like there is a, those insurance shots you can see where like, like the camera will go behind a building and it's just like black for a second, then it pulls out to a mirror or a fucking a window. It's like okay, that was obviously the insurance shot where like it's just blackness and it's, you can just cut in or whatever mm. yeah it depends yeah it is just like you know I think a good one take is one that effectively uses the idea of a one take like the, yeah. the medium has to be used the technique has to be used effectively mm. I think though you know the you know the like that uh, what's that film called the third no not the third man what's that old film called and it's a really 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 famous uh, one take opening I don't know. Oh, what the fuck is it called? I've watched the film as well. Uh, is it the third man? No, it's not the third man. Oh, it's a really famous shot. Uh, and like... Here, we'll look it up. They, uh, it's, yeah, just look it up. No, wait, Touch of Evil. That's it, Touch of Evil. Oh, I wouldn't know that. wouldn't have known that. That, um, they, uh, they did the one-take shot because um, they needed to save money. <laughs> but it, it works. See, that, but it, see, yeah, that's, that's a good reason to have a one-take shot. That's yeah. a good reason yeah, to yeah. do a one-take shot because they, they need they needed to save money. But it works really effectively because it's a guy setting up a, up a bomb. So it starts them setting the bomb and the music is the ticking sound and it's all one-take. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so like he's walking through shit, and he puts the bomb down, and then it pulls out, and it's a really like it's a very complex shot as well because they um, I'm pretty sure they got onto like a fucking crane or something at one stage, and like moving around on the crane mm. to keep it going and stuff like that. Like it's a really well done uh, one take. How long is it? It's like seven minutes or something. Like that. Oh, really? It's not like extremely long. It could be it might be even be five minutes, mm. but it's you know fucking Tarkovsky's mad for long takes as well. Yeah, but like that's just that's just like standing still, isn't it? Yeah, like, that's just like, you know, basking in what's going on. Yeah, like I haven't seen Stalker, but I know the end part where it's like it's yeah. just it's just ten minutes of receding of like the, the camera dollying back from like the it's like a church or something. Yeah. Um but like I've I've even seen like a, a clips of him on YouTube where he's talking about uh, his philosophy and he's talking about how young people need to learn to live alone and be quiet and stuff like that. Yeah, you it's know? like it's like that's his philosophy. reflection. Yeah, yeah, reflection, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's prayer, true film is like his philosophy, I guess, mm-hmm. which is where the one take makes sense as well. There, yeah, exactly, yeah. But yeah, there's like you know, there's a lot of different ways where like the one take can work, and there's a lot of ways where it doesn't work. But you know, mm. overall, would you say you're a fan of one takes, or do you think they're overrated? I think they're massively overrated. I think they're overrated, yeah, <laughs> but I think they're good still. I, I still think, enjoy a good one. I, l- I love a good one take. You yeah, know? but I I also love a good movie. Yeah. If you it's know? a yeah, and it's like a good film as well, more than anything. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the main <laughs> point, you know. Right, we going to Connor's question. Yes. So uh, Connor asks us if we were to reshoot Twilight to be an Oscar contender, 
who would we cast as each role? Um, so I've got a list out here. Uh, we can add more names down to this as well. We got Edward, Bella, Jacob, Charlie, Alice, Carlisle, and Renesmee. They're they're the role. They're the 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 parts I put down first. Um, you know, maybe you can go back and add in a couple more. Of the the uh, the actually I'll throw in Casper as well. Casper, he's a pretty he's a pretty important vampire. Well, the rest of them I can't remember their names. So Who's Casper? He's uh, Alice's boyfriend. Oh yeah, the big fella. No, he's that's Emmett. He's um oh. someone else's boyfriend. But Casper's the one that has like he can like feel people's emotions or some shit. So he's an empath. Yeah, he's an like that's that's how they explain <laughs> it in the books. Apparently, is that like he was an empath and that's how his like <laughs> his ability like transcended into being a vampire. <laughs> He's super very. He's an empath. He's just emotional. <laughs> you, you can just understand emotions. That's his, that's a he super. He just gets it, man. You know, he plays guitar. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, that's funny. So I think first of all, who who are we directing this, or are we just funding this? Are we the producers? No, we're we're the well. We're, we decide who gets cast. All right. Can we decide who the director is as well? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah let's do that as well. Who do you want directed this thing? Uh, Danny Villeneuve, whatever his name is. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, it's either gonna be the, or maybe Gasper No Way. <laughs> Gasper No, oh, that's such, that's a way better show. Gasper No Way. <laughs> Wait, okay, let, let's make this the craziest, Man. the worst possible Twilight movie. Man, the sex scenes will be fucking mad. <laughs> oh God, breaking the bed. That'd be vanilla on this. Edward's one. not waiting until fucking the f- the fourth film to have sex. This dude's like <laughs> he's right from the get go. Yeah, he's it's like Edward the sex addict vampire. <laughs> and he, he dances to deal with his pain or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> do I do two verses? We'll do the the, the the good Denise Villeneuve version, and then the crazed Gaspar Noé choice. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, write, write it down on the screen because like, we'll start with director, dire- director Denis. Right. Who is our Edward in the dead uh, Denis Villeneuve one? Uh, Robert Pattinson. I think yeah, you know, I think they got it right from the get go. I think Robert Pattinson is a is a great fucking uh, Edward. He's great Edward. And you He's know, great. we're gonna touch up on that script a little bit. We're gonna change a few lines. We're gonna make it a little bit better. Um, we're mm. going to improve Edward as a character in the first one so it's not as cheesy. And I think, you know, Orpa, he's all up for it. Mm. Yeah, in, in the in the Oscar contender one, he's a, a Holocaust survivor <laughs> uh, who was like... He was <laughs> saved know, by Carlisle or some shit like that. Oh, yeah, like yeah. Carlisle yeah. was a fucking American soldier coming in and he found yeah, yeah. Uh, Edward Cullen dying and he he bit him and he, he changed him so that he survived yeah and they have like a low-key home like like gay relationship going oh, on yeah like, obviously That's there's like there's like there's or there's like a, there's like a fan thing like head cannon i don't know it's like a call me by your name meets uh schindler's list <laughs> <laughs> this could easily be the plot of the Casper <laughs> away one as well to be honest <laughs> yeah Who's uh, in in the Gaspar Away one? Carlo is the Nazi, yeah, and uh, Ed, Edward is a Nazi show is, is a Nazi soldier. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Actually, in the in the <laughs> uh, when we get down to that, but I already know who fucking Carlisle in the in the Gasper No Way one. It's gonna be your man that's in like fucking. He's in all the French films. Your man that's in Irreversible. Vince yeah. Cassell. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely, Carlisle. definitely. Actually, he might even be Carlisle in the fucking Villanova one as well, to be honest. Like, he's, a, <laughs> he's a pretty good vampire. Um, definitely, yeah. <clears throat> uh, so, in No Ways one, who's Edward then? <laughs> who's the what actor? Robert, Robert Pattinson. This is Robert again. <laughs> I think you yeah. <laughs> I think that works. <laughs> you for both of them. <laughs> It's like shot back to back. It's like Lord of the Rings or something. <laughs> he he actually would because he'd be up for the for the for the Oscar one, but also the weird. But then he he'd be up for the can the can for the uh, weird Oscar or the weird like the the, the Palm Door yeah he'd yeah. be up for that one as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and then Bella for the Denise Villeneuve one. I went with uh, Florence Pugh. I think she'd be a very good uh, Bella and would uh, suit the role very well, especially with them. Um, uh, or Pat by her side. Definitely, yeah. that's a that's such a ship. That is a good ship. You know? I ship him. Yeah, definitely. And uh, who's playing Bella in the Gaspar Noé Twilight? Uh, I don't know. What, what do you think? Like, I don't know because we need an actor. We need an actor who's like willing to do like pretty fucked up shit. Like, cause it's gonna be Gaspar Noé. Like, hmm. Maybe um. Sophia, uh, you're one from, uh, from Climax. Climax. Yeah, she'd be a good. Be- yeah, actually, yeah, she'd be a good Bella. I'd say she could play a good sad girl. Yeah, definitely. Sophia B, I think she would work. Also, you know, she'd be. She's worked with No Way before. You know, they have that um, that relationship. Um, Jacob. Now this is where it gets <laughs> difficult. <laughs> because I actually did. I was like, okay, right. I want like you know. Native American actor. There is no Native American. There are so little Native American actors. There, it's ridiculous. There, there are no Native American any. actors. <laughs> yeah, um, it's difficult. Definitely a difficult one to cast. So I'm going to go with a, a Marilyn Brando style abdication and not cast him at all. Wait. Until they find. Wait. If we're well, I don't know any Native American actors. If so. we're doing the first one, if it's just the first film. We can get away with with Jacob not being in it, you know. And then we put then we okay. buckled, or alternatively, we can um, we tell Villeneuve and we tell No Way, listen, fuckers, you're gonna find the next big star. Go out and fucking ca- <laughs> you search everywhere so- for this fucking actor, and he by God, he better be good, and he better be fucking ripped. <laughs> God bless. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Th- yeah, they should, they should definitely try. It's definitely an issue there, so they should uh, cast someone new, you know? Like, the, the, there's always a wild card in those movies, you know? Yeah, just throwing, like, a new fucking up-and-comer. Um, yeah. There was an issue as well, though, when we were looking up um, uh, Native American actors. Fucking Taylor Lautner came up. Taylor Lautner is not Native American. <laughs> He's played a Native he- American. <laughs> And then, like, all of the fucking Native American actors just play, like, Native Americans in, like, fucking westerns and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. They're all Indians and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's bad out. It is bad out. You can't just have, like, you know, a normal Native American just be a character, you know, just be... Yeah, he's just Native American. He just happens to be Native American. He's just being Native American, yeah. 
He just be native. Yeah, he just being, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Charlie, right? So, <laughs> Charlie. So we need, you know, I got two choices here. One of them was actually oh. the one that Stephanie Myers actually wanted. So you can, I'll let you guess which one was the one that Stephanie Myers wanted, right? So Hugh Jackman and John C. Riley. Which one do you think was the one that Stephanie Myers actually wanted? Uh, Hugh Jackman, I'd say. He's, he's the hunk, isn't he? She wanted John C. Riley to play Charlie. John C. Riley. Yeah, I think he'd be great. I think that would work. I think his his comedic timing would be like... Like he, because Charlie's already so much like he's such a funny character. Yeah, like he's great for that. Like that that the uh, his wedding speech in I think the f- part one Breaking Dawn. Yes, part one is yeah. great. It's That's great. so funny. J- John C. Riley could have like he could have improv that entire thing and it would have yes. been an amazing scene. You know, I think it could have worked. It could have worked. I think Hugh Jackman also could have worked though because Hugh Jackman is such a fucking hunk. You know, <laughs> he's such a hunk, man. And you know, definitely Charlie. Charlie needs to be a bit hot. You know, he needs it. He's already hot, man. And I think... I Who's think the actor that plays Charlie? Some dude. I don't know. I don't know what his name is. I don't know who he is. I should have looked it up. I don't know what his name is. Do you think uh, John C. Riley or Hugh Jackman will be up for the Gasper No Way version, though? I think... Uh, Loki, I think John C. Riley would be the best pick for the Gasper No Way movie. Yeah. I, don't think he, I think he'd be up for it as well. I think he would as well. I think I he'd be he'd... totally up for it. I think Hugh Jackman would, would be more into the... The Oscar the, the, one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I see that. Especially because John C. Riley, he does like, he'll do the weird film. Like he'll do Step Brothers, you know. Yeah, avant garde movies. He'll do avant garde movies. He'll do a weird film that's you know not gonna get you're not gonna get him a fucking Oscar or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then for Alice, who are we thinking for Alice? Alice, I'm thinking. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, this is where I what, said what do you what, what do you think? Yeah, this is where I started to struggle because I was like, they already got it right. Like whoever plays Alice is perfect. Alice is perfection. You know, I think you know we're better. Ah, we're Saoirse better. Ronan. Would Saoirse Ronan rock a pixie cut? That's the real question. Does she have to have a pixie cut? Yes, it's integral to the plot <laughs> that she has a pixie cut. <laughs> mm, yeah, there's de- there's definitely an actress that that'd be good for that. I'm trying to like. Okay, maybe maybe they don't need a pixie cut, but you know, <laughs> it'd be nice. Mm. <laughs> Fucking, I'm trying to, th- you know, Emma Watson maybe. Ah, she's too like she's too formal. She's too like tidy tidy. Like this could be the moment where she breaks away from that though. <laughs> she's es- like thirty, <laughs> especially especially if we stick her in the Gasper in a way one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I think could you be a show, imagine maybe. that? <laughs> You could stick like Jennifer Lawrence or something in the gas one away. You could stick loads of people in the gas one away one. Because well, I feel like Jennifer Lawrence would Jennifer Lawrence would work for the uh, for the the Oscar the, one. She, the she other, loves Oscar movies. Yeah, yeah she yeah. loves Oscar movies. But the other uh, the other vampire, the blonde one, I don't know what her name is. The villain. No, the the one that's in the Cullen family. Oh. The blonde one that like take care that takes care of of Renesme for a little bit. All oh, right. Can't remember. Jennifer Lawrence could do a good version of her though. Mm. As, but uh, for Alice, um, I don't know. Like I can't think of like. I don't know. Uh, Br- Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Yeah, but she's a bit. Co- she's a bit cold. She's a bit cold. Yeah, you need. Yeah, mm. see, the problem is as well that you need that that um 
vampire physique. <laughs> you know? You need to be like tall. You need to be white as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this is a white only position. <laughs> you need to be white as fuck. Actually, no, fuck it. Zen- Zendaya can be Alice. <laughs> Zendaya is Alice. Okay, Zendaya is there Alice. There we go. We'll break this tradition now. <laughs> yeah, because she was in, she's in Dune as well. So Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, Zendaya. She can be Alice. She'd be the Gaspar Noé one as well, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, she's getting a bit avant garde. Or you, you could put. Wait, oh, you could put. Uh, what's, her, what's her name? Uh, Bella Thorne as the. Uh, as the villain vampire. Yes, that's such a good As show. The redhead, yeah, yeah. Yes. I actually just thought there, it's fucking... We never even thought about, like, Timothy Chalamet probably could do a, a decent fucking Edward Man, he, he's had enough. He's, he's had everywhere, enough. so fuck him. He doesn't get this one. Yeah, Robert Pattinson was perfect. Even though he's, what, 35 at this stage, he can still do Edward. Yeah, but we're going to do a little slightly older version of this, I think. Mm, yeah, like, fair enough. Maybe, um, maybe Charlie... Maybe Bella's there because Charlie is, um, he's shot on the line of duty. What? And she has to come and take care of him. And that's where she finds out about Edward. There we go. Oh, yeah, they're no, yeah. And they're no they're longer just, they're in just in yeah, the town. Yeah, yeah. And there's like, mm. the drama of, you know, the vampire, my love for the vampire. But I got to take care of my dad because he's in a wheelchair because he was shot because he's a cop. He's a good cop. <laughs> there we go. He's- He's one of the good ones. He's one of the good ones. <laughs> um, so they could be a bit older, so it's fine. Mm. And we can get away from like um, the like them all having to like be white <laughs> for them to like be like because obviously they're they're in high school and they're trying to be a family. We can get away from that now. They're just a bunch of cunts that live in a house together, basically. Ah, <laughs> uh, we have to we have to stick to the main sort of I- idea that yeah yeah yeah. So, but yeah, Zendaya gets Zendaya is fucking Alice, like yeah, yeah. In no, th- anyway, fucking. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's hard to type. It's dark. <laughs> um, who's Carlisle in these? Carlisle, oh, who knows? Who knows? I mean, uh, honestly, after seeing fucking uh, the lighthouse, I'm thinking fucking um. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Willem Dafoe. That'd be amazing. He needs to. He needs to wear like high heels or something, though. Yeah, he's a bit too Car- small. Yeah, Carlisle needs to like tower over people and stuff. Yeah, we get Adam Driver, but we just age yeah. him up a bit. That <laughs> <laughs> he towers yeah. over people. Yeah, you do need that 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 height. Carlisle, um, I think I, Hugh Jackman would work in that as well. He actually would. Yeah, he actually would. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Carlisle would work in that situation. Er, Hugh Jackman would work at that as well. Mm, but the problem is, is, like, if we're doing, like, a Gaspar Noé one, like, Carlisle's going to do some fucked up shit in a Gaspar Noé film. Mm. Uh, Hugh Jackman wouldn't go for that. No, he wouldn't. He'd do it for the Oscar one, though. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, but we already have him as Charlie. Yeah, and I... Yeah, we need someone else. But, like, who else? Uh, oh, wait. Um, Bradley Cooper. Is that his name? He's too... Yeah. He's too big. Well, we get him to fucking slim down. Too big? No, as in, like, he's too fucking hench. But, like, we can get him to fucking slim down. Ah, yeah, yeah. That dude can lose some weight. Slim down. Need skin and bone for this. Uh, for this. <laughs> um, Yeah, Bradley Cooper would work for that. 
and oh fucking brad pitt though as well <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah brad pitt leonardo dicaprio <laughs> kevin spacey kevin spacey i'm <laughs> telling you he be that's gasping away one that's yeah, gasping yeah. away <laughs> one kevin spacey it's the only way you can get a fucking role now it's just a documentary like <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, the implications of that are like, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> that maybe that would work, but you know, would we but want? What, would we want to be like tied to a project with Kevin Spacey on it? Would Would we want to? Because we're the ones that are casting this. <laughs> well, well, if if we're sponsoring a Gaston Way project, we know what we're getting into. Yes, yeah, you know, it's true. We know we know what's involved in that. Maybe and that Kevin. involves hiring, you know, known pedophiles like Kevin Spacey. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein Jeff's- as Casper. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Harvey Weinstein as Edward. You're <laughs> <laughs> uh, like one of those prison plays. It's just like, it's like an all pedo cast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, fucking, I don't know, Casper Noe with Carlisle. That's hard. I can't think of anyone. Oh, fucking... Vince Cassell. Oh shit! Yeah, Vince Cassell. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we already said that. I was about to say fucking um, Vince Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would work as well. Actually, that would work as well. I think that would work. In fact, I think he would work better as a uh, in the Oscar one than Bradley Cooper. Mm, yeah, definitely. Two, yeah. The two Vinnies. But like, like all the star power going on here: Hugh Jackman, Vince Vaughn. Robert Pattinson and Florence Pugh in one movie. It's like, who's going to get the Oscar? They all there's will. So much, there's so much. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, Robert Pattinson's going to get Best Actor. Florence Pugh is mm. going to get a Best uh, Actress. There's going to be such a fucking, like, it's going to be tough, but I think Hugh Jackman might be able to pull out of the bag for for uh, Car- for Charlie, <laughs> you know. For 10 minutes of screen time. <laughs> screen time while he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> And he's a Holocaust survivor or something like that. Survivor, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bradley Cooper, you know, Carlisle, you know, it's gonna he he'll get the uh, he'll get the Golden he'll get the Golden Globe, but he won't get the Oscar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, then we go on to Renesme. Oh, that's a good one. Um, this one I don't know any child that's actors. That's where I, I kind of struggle with. Or child puppets. Fucking, you're one from uh, from. Oh, you one um, from Stranger Things. She's in, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Bobby Brown. What's her name? Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. Yeah, maybe her. Yeah, because because they're sort of aged up. Yeah. So, but that would mean Bella hasn't uh, been impregnated by uh, Edward at this stage. So Renesmee already exists, or is this for later in the series? Yeah, maybe you can get away with not having Renesmee because you know child actors. I don't want to deal with a little shit kid. <laughs> Sticker has a uh a flash Esme. a flash forward though. Oh Esme, yeah. <laughs> Esme, yeah. Well, I'm gonna go with a fucking um in the uh, Oscar one. I'm thinking uh Helen Bohm Carter. As Esme. As Esme. With Hugh Jackman as her husband. Looks <laughs> like her real life husband, <laughs> Tim Burton. Hugh Jackman and Tim Burton, they're not that different. Wait, what? Esme? Isn't Esme a vampire? Yeah, Esme, yeah. Esme's the man vampire. So how is Hugh Jackman her husband? 
because oh shit sorry carlisle sorry sorry i read the wrong, wrong name oh yeah. so vince vaughn is her husband yeah or yeah is it vince vaughn or bradley cooper that we're going with that one i don't know what do you think or i was thinking just there johnny depp mm, yeah actually no johnny depp is perfect as a vampire yeah. perfect and that way, there's no way he's not gonna win <laughs> the Oscar over Hugh Jackman. <laughs> and that, yeah, that way, uh, Tim Burton will be like, if if Denise Villeneuve falls through, Tim Burton just be waiting there behind us, you know. How do you spell Depp? Is it D E P P? Is it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Johnny Depp. So that. Uh, yeah. And yeah, Hel- Helena Bo- Bo- Bonham Carter. That's yeah. it. That's a good one. And then uh, in the Gaspin Away one. Um. Hmm. That French one. Oh, Tilda Swinton. Be friends with him. Tilda Swinton. Oh, that's a cheer shout. Or um, is Tilda Swinton the one I'm thinking of? What's who's the the big what? the big tall one? Looks like a man. Yes, like yes. big eyes. And she yeah, played yeah. uh she played fucking um. She was in uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, like yes. Narnia. Who the fuck is? Yeah, who's that? That really famous singer, Bob. Oh, Bob Dylan, yeah, yeah. Bob Dylan, yeah, she played Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. No, that was Kate Blanchett. Oh. That'd be a show as well, to be fair. Kate That's Blanchett, Kate Blanchett yeah. Good. yeah, she'd be a good show. Yeah, but I think Tilda Swinton's better, because like, she looks like a vampire. I think uh, I think Kate Blanchett for uh, Esme instead of Helen Bowman Carter, because I think... Um, Clay she's, Kate, more, she's more of an Oscar, Oscar actress. And she can bring a coldness to the character. Yeah, Helena Bottom Carter would be like, Expelliarmus, and stuff. So two T's of Blanchett? Fuck it, that's what, she, that's what she's getting. Um, I think Casper. Casper, wait. Uh, Casper is the... He's the hot vampire brother. Yes. Okay. Now, this is... He's with uh, Zendaya. I was even thinking, like, fucking... I was just like, oh, what a... Even fucking... Dude, fucking... What the fuck is your man's name? And... We literally just talking about him there, and we're just like, "No, nah, fuck him. He's in everything." What? Um, he's in fucking Lady Bird. He's in Dune. What the fuck is oh, his name? Oh, Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> yeah, Timothy Chalamet. I was like, "Oh, we could do that," but then I realized, "Oh no, wait, shit. He's with, he's in Dune anyway." And that's Bill Love as well. <laughs> yeah, no, he he going there. He definitely going there. Uh, yeah, Timothy, Tim, Tim, Timothy Chalamet definitely. He, was, he yeah, looks he like he sort of looks like a vampire as well. Yeah, you know. Well, we do him as Casper. Yeah, put him as Casper, and then. Who's gonna be Casper in the in the Gasper Noé one? Mm, who knows? So he he has to be. He's with Zendaya still. We can't go with Chalamet again. But no, we can't. No. Do you want to change be... Zendaya <laughs> from the set from the Gasper Noé? Because think back in there. Don't know if she would do the. Uh... I think she would, but. Do you think she'd do the Gasper Noé one? I think she would. She tried to like break out, like a Miley Cyrus kind of thing. We can get Molly like, Cyrus in instead. Oh shit, maybe. Or we could yeah, do like uh, Ariana Grande or something. Yeah, something like, fucking mental. That like they're on camera, like like having sex or something. And they're like, "Oh, this is really edgy. Like this is like my new uh, persona or whatever." Yeah, I am they, they, uh, they, fucking Mima. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's something that a, a pop star would do. Yeah, maybe you could. And then Justin Bieber as Casper. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in which one though in the Gaspar Noé one yeah I'm thinking like a fucking like Gaspar Noé's gonna pull out like a fucking K-pop star and slap them in and then we literally get a real life perfect blue <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, well, I don't know any K-pop stars, so... No, neither do I. I don't know any of them. <laughs> I think putting in K-pop star would be, like, slightly racist or something like <laughs> just that. Just any of them. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> One of them. Especially because, like... <laughs> Casper, <laughs> Casper is gonna be, is with is with Alice, and the only yeah. fucking like non-white actor that we have is Zendaya. Yeah. So we're sticking Zendaya yeah. with an Asian guy, the only <laughs> other the only other non-white yeah. character. J- just just stick them together. That'd be all right, you know. <laughs> this, yeah. They're pretty much the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Maybe I'm trying to think. Like Harry had- Styles. Yeah, it is. It's Harry Styles. Man, Harry Styles as... It's Harry Styles as Casper. Yeah. Or as he could even be Edward. Yeah, that's what I was thinking there. He could be Edward. Mm. But it's too late now. But that's 100%. Like, Harry Styles wants to prove how fucking mm. arty he is, so he gets into a fucking Casper in a way film. <laughs> About Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> that makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, we that... run we run, a, run down this again? Okay, yeah. So, it's... it's uh, the director of our Oscar-winning Twilight adaptation is Denis Villeneuve. Uh, his Edward is Robert Pattinson. His Bella is Florence Pugh. His Jacob is Untitled. It's a... Uh, an up-and-comer. An up-and-comer. His Charlie is Hugh Jackman. His Alice is Zendaya. Uh, his Carlisle is Johnny Depp. His Esme is Kate Blanchett. Uh, his Casper is Timothy Chalamet. Would you watch this film... <laughs> I'd watch this all day long. I think I would watch this. this. I would watch uh, that. I'm like, fuck that Oscar bait shit. <laughs> oh yeah, like, this is like Oscar bait to bits. This this is guaranteed ten Oscars mm. already. Like, yeah, we're breaking you know? we're breaking records here. Yeah, absolutely breaking records. And I'd be like, this is so interesting. <laughs> Look, it's shot beautifully. It's black and white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all one shot. It's a one shot it's Twilight. It's it's in black and white. It's all symmetrical. Gaspin or Dennis Villeneuve is directing. Til- Timothy Chalamet is somewhere in there. <laughs> so it's, like, yeah, sign- <laughs> it's like sign me up. Uh, and then our our uh, what was it? The Palm. The our uh, our, our Palm Door winner. Uh, directed by Gaspar Noé, is uh, also has Orpa as Edward. Uh, has uh, Sophia. Bo- <laughs> How do you pronounce the name? Bo. Bolliard, Bolliard. I don't remember his name. Uh, again, uh, Jacob will be an up-and-comer, unknown actor. He's gonna break into the spotlight with this with this breaking out role. Uh, John C. Riley will be Charlie. <laughs> Zendaya again will be Alice. <laughs> um, Carlisle will be played by uh, Vince Castell. Uh, our our Esme is gonna be Tilda Swinton, and uh, our Casper is gonna be Harry Styles. <laughs> I'd definitely watch that. I'd definitely watch that. That'd, that'd be that's fucking most, mental. That that'd be the most interesting movie ever made. <laughs> Unheard like, what's, of. like like what's the plot gonna be like, you know? I don't know. <laughs> A mess. Yeah. Our last question comes in from Liam. Uh I wanna give a special shout out to my morning coffee podcast, Liam's podcast with Ross. Our uh the cousin podcast, maybe, of this podcast, I guess. <laughs> I mean, we went <laughs> to college with them. <laughs> of course, yeah. It's all the same network. But he asks a fuck, marry, kill question. I fucking love these questions. Anyone wants to give us more of these, I'm all down for them. We'll just become a fuck, marry, kill podcast, maybe. <laughs> um, 
But he asks uh, Tim Curry in It, Tim Curry in Home Alone 2, and Tim Curry in the Rocky Horror Picture. So Pennywise, Mr. Hector, or Dr. Frank N. Furter. Who you fucking, who you marrying, who you killing? Well, I'll have to go with fuck, first of all, is uh, Tim Curry in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yep. Um, yep. He is hot in that one. Yeah, he is, man. Oh, my he? God. I watched, it the, I watched it the other night. <laughs> He's fucking hot in it, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's somebody on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus. It's a it's a revelation in that movie. Mm. So I'm going to have to go with that one. That, that's most, that, that film was the most pageantry in it. And uh, I I don't even, don't feel like I have to give a reason behind any of these, but like I'm still gonna do it anyway. Uh, <laughs> Just do it. Mary, wait, wait, yeah, Mary is uh, gonna be. I haven't seen. I don't remember Tim Curry in Home Alone too, but I'm gonna go with that one for Mary because I want to kill Tim Curry and Pennywise or in it. Sorry. Um, yeah. So yeah, it'd be kill in it. Uh, Marry in Home Alone 2 and then fucking Rocky Horror Picture Show see that's that. That's my selection what do you think I'm thinking like I'm, I'm fucking Dr. Franken for like I'm Tim Curry Rocky Horror Picture fucking that alright I think I would <laughs> marry Pennywise though because what? because Pennywise can shapeshift into anything Oh, or maybe actually, maybe I'd want to just fuck Pennywise then and marry Frankenfurter. But Pennywise would eat you. Yeah, but he'd also be like a three-story giant woman when he does it. So <laughs> that's a, a three-story woman. Is that your thing? <laughs> the king. It's the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> Out here tonight, <laughs> man. You can't see it through the, 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 the camera because the room's already red. I'm going bright red here. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean. He could be cr- anything. Yeah, the, the crush fetish. You know, he could be joint foot. You know, it could, be, it could work out in any and any favor. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you're into. Three foot story man, if you want to. A giant foot. Oh God! He was also a man. <laughs> a three-story foot. <laughs> um, yeah, but then yeah, he would eat me. So maybe I would just kill him. But if mm. I'm married to him, if I'm married to Pennywise, Pennywise is gonna be you know he's not gonna he's not gonna kill me. He's gonna love me. So mm. you know, I'm sure he gets very lonely down in those sewers. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll be there to comfort him. <laughs> Be Pennywise's wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or he's my wife. Either or, yeah. you know, it's a very fluid relationship. The two yeah. can turn to anything, so it's a very fluid relationship. Oh. Uh, so Christ. maybe maybe marry Pennywise. I think I'd kill Mr. Hector. He's you know, he doesn't do anything in in it and uh home alone too, you know, he's just a dude, but you know, he ain't doing anything for me, so <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I'm gonna. That's uh, yeah, I solidified that. So fucking Frankenfurter, marrying Pennywise and killing Mister Hector. No, nice. sorry, Mister Hector. <laughs> but yeah, do you want to leave it there now? We 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 finito. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's leave the pod there. You know. Yeah. Let hopefully it be. this hopefully this sounds okay. Um, hopefully if it, it works. Didn't, 
Hopefully it works. Hopefully, hopefully, it's, you know, hopefully do this it, again. Hopefully this is released. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> episode ten just doesn't release. <laughs> but, it's, uh, it's, it's just silence. It's just silence the entire time <laughs> for two hours and thirty five minutes. <laughs> Is that how long we've been going on for? This, mine's on two hours thirty-two. If you've if you've listened to all this, thank you very much. A reminder for next week that the film is uh, the nice guys. It's or no, not the nice guys. The other guys. <laughs> I did that last week as well. The other guys. It's on Netflix. It's a good time. We'll be talking about that. Thank you for listening. Send us in questions, feedback, whatever. Mark, any any final words? Any final words? Not at all. God bless. Stay safe. Stay out of trouble. Wear Uh, masks. (laughs) Wear masks. Good night. Thank you very much. Bye bye.